0: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Phil at the Movies. Happy Halloween. Now, I know what you're probably thinking. Does he know what day of the week it is? Does he know the month? Yes, I'm well aware of the date and the time of year and that I'm a few months uh, early for Halloween, but I felt like getting a jump on the holiday early this year, and what better way to do it than with a review and discussion of David Gordon Green's Halloween trilogy, Halloween Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends. Now, I'm really excited about today's show, not only because I get to revisit this trilogy of Halloween movies, but also because I'm pleased and excited to be welcoming two friends on the show today. Both have their own separate Phenomenal podcast, which I encourage you to check out. But also, these two guys have a love for the Halloween series that rivals my own, and I'm pleased to have them here today so first up we have the incomparable chris evans from gathering of the geeks and mr christmas himself anthony caruso from tis the podcast gentlemen welcome to Haddonfield, illinois to uh, talk about all things michael myers and things that go bump in the night so first off welcome uh maybe quick uh Quick Halloween story from uh, the two of you. Maybe uh, when was the first time you saw the original nineteen seventy eight classic, and what was your reaction?
1: Uh, you know, what? it's funny. I don't, I don't think I saw the first Halloween. That wasn't my first Halloween movie. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one I believe I had actually watched was Six. Okay, okay. and that might be why I love Six so much. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy that one. I think it, it's wacky and, and it's out there. Uh, and they tried to do too much with it, but I enjoy it. Uh, I didn't see the first one till a few years after that. And I mean, the first one is still the standard to me. When we're talking slasher films, that is, it's the bar. <laughs> that's what you aim for. You want to be Halloween or better. That's right. That's right. And that's, that's the way I look at the franchise. I love it. Halloween has always been, um, since I was a kid, even just watching Six, I've loved Michael Myers and the Halloween franchise. So that's that's my quick story about it. (laughs) Thank you, Chris.
0: Anthony, go right ahead.
1: Sure. So growing up,
2: I was not a big fan of horror (laughs) at first. I was... I was very easily scared. No, um, blasphemy. Do. <laughs> the, the universal monsters are my gateway into horror. <laughs> and and then I grew up in elementary school with Scream, which nice. a lot of people um, my age, particularly when the third one came out, they are like, oh, you got to see this movie, got to see this movie. So despite my parents' uh, better intentions, they bought me the VHS box set <laughs> one weekend I was up late Saturday night, put the first one in. The Drew Barrymore scene happened. I noped the heck out of there (laughs) for for at least like a year um, before I revisited it. And I loved it. All that to say, Ghostface was my Michael Myers growing up, right? The 80s had Michael Myers. Ghostface was for the 90s. Um, But after Scream, I immediately went to Halloween 78 because of its reputation. Um, You know, everyone loved it. They called it the... Best horror movie of all time, and I watched it that first time, and I fell in love to this day, like Chris said, it is the gold standard uh no one can compete with that i mean there's plenty of good horror movies out there, but that's still the best and Michael Myers is still king, and uh there we go i <laughs> I will follow that franchise to the end of time i uh won't always enjoy every single installment, yet every Halloween I will watch every single installment just to get the full
0: convoluted five-timeline story. (laughs) It really has become a pick-your-own-adventure franchise, which... I mean, I respect that, you know, at this point. You know, they're they're not doing multiverse Michael Myers, though. That may be on the horizon. I mean, who the hell knows? But, I'd watch that. <laughs> oh, seriously. I'd watch the heck out of that. Yeah,
1: like give me Josh Hartnett and Paul Rudd's character against like two different Michael Myers. Let's do
0: that. <laughs> I mean, that, they're leaving money on the table. I mean, mm-hmm. if, if Blumhouse and Universal won't do it, I say right here, we just... We pool our resources and we make it happen. You know, we'll we'll find a director and we'll just we'll just go. We'll just I don't think Josh Hart's do anything anyway. So. Well there we go. No, if mean, not, there we go. <laughs> Oh goodness, all fun and games. But um I agree with you know everything that's been said there. Let's you know. I'm not going to rehash my love for the franchise. I mean, no, no surprise, everyone. Spoiler alert, I, I love Halloween. It's on my my top ten favorite films of all time. I think it's one of the greatest movies ever made, and I will defend and, and, and challenge anyone who says, oh, no, it's a horrible movie. I'll say, well, let, let, let's let sit down and talk. But um, <laughs> any event, uh, 2018, of course, is the year that brought this franchise back to life really uh after the the two uh halloween films which uh we will not go into on this podcast because i've already covered them uh in great detail last year and there's no sense in digging up old uh old wounds but uh you know suffice it to say the the franchise was uh maybe not dead because it has always found a way to come back but you know, Michael was not relevant. He was not in the conversation. I mean, it was always you know demonic little ghost girls and, and stuff like that that was dominating uh, the horror scene. So to, to bring back an icon like they did and to do it as a legacy sequel that was going to say, okay, we're going to ignore everything after the first film and just do a direct sequel, I mean... That that took some uh, some courage to say the least, and it, it wasn't a a surefire thing, especially bringing back. Um, you know, could you get Jamie Lee Curtis back? You know, John Carpenter he had toyed with going back for Halloween H two O, and then ultimately passed on it. So it was kind of a, a a major coup to get not only John Carpenter, Jamie Lee Curtis, but Nick Castle to come back. I mean, you had like the original trio minus uh, the late great Donald Pleasant's coming back. And I have to say, I remember when they first announced this movie must've been in 2017 and they had that kind of recreation in the promotional photo of, of her and the, the outfit and Michael's, you know, peeking from behind the corner and the, I think what's supposed to be the, the Doyle house. I mean, rockets were going off, you know, in my mind, I'm like, okay, holy shit. We're, we're, we're we're back, and and Michael is is going to be slashing his way. I did not expect or or think we would get the sequel that uh, that we did. And 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 full disclosure, it is my number two favorite uh, film in the franchise after the original. I I just I think it it does nothing wrong. It does what a legacy sequel should do. It, it it reinvigorates the franchise while also making it appealing for a new generation and of course it made a lot of money at the box office a lot of money I mean, we're talking quarter of a quarter of a billion dollars for a horror film which i mean that just that doesn't usually happen so gentlemen thoughts halloween halloween 2018 as it's now referred to did it meet your expectations how do you you feel about it now all these years removed from 2018 are there points and and parts that you uh you know you wish weren't there or 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 parts that really stand out so kind of you know just overall feeling on the film and then we can kind of get into the you know the, the bits and pieces so anthony if you want to start this round go right ahead
2: sure it exceeded my expectations um you know As much as I love the franchise, the sequels have been of varying quality to me. The original Halloween two was probably my favorite sequel of the past sequels. Mm. Uh, Then 2018 came along, and I was blown away. I loved the direction they took Laurie as the struggling alcoholic who couldn't deal with her trauma properly. Um, When they announced it, like you, Phil, I was a little wary, Um, especially because... Dr. Loomis had become such a mainstay of the franchise to that point and he's no longer around to reprise his role and they weren't going to recast it. So I was like, how are they going to do this? But I won't say I didn't miss him, but I didn't, you know, that's the wrong way to phrase it. I didn't miss him though. uh, Yeah, I know what you're saying. um, And I thought they paid homage to him wonderfully, having his voice in uh, 18 going over the Michael Myers files and uh laurie mentioning him um but yeah most importantly they made michael scary again they made that mask scary again because for some reason after halloween 2 those masks just declined in quality he became goofy like you know again love the entire franchise but they couldn't get the mask right Ugh. until now. It may be my favorite mask in the whole series. I love the more weathered look. Um, And I just do want to say, Phil, going back to something you said when you were uh, giving us a history here. It's a very influential film. Like, the 78 is extremely influential. but 18... How many legacy sequels and other franchises did this spawn? And I really do think this kind of started the trend. Star Wars started the trend. But
0: then in terms of horror, like Michael Myers, really. I mean, just to think off the top of my head, you've got Chucky came back in some form. You've got Scream, obviously. Jason is on his way back in some form. I mean, it feels like Michael once again is, is sort of opening the door for all these uh icons of the late 70s and 80s uh, leatherface of course uh you know to their, yeah to, yeah there we oh, go yeah. that's a that's a great one i'll raise it uh, to make their triumphant return you
1: know yeah
2: Freddie's just sitting on that back bench <laughs> he's waiting
0: <laughs> I think leave just, just sitting there just, <laughs> just
2: sitting there. leave oh that's a topic for another time there so. there we go,
0: <laughs> there we go. <laughs> next one we, will, we won't get into that one today um <laughs> Chris, thoughts on 2018, kind of the pre uh, pre release and then ultimately the release?
1: So I was not as optimistic as you guys because when it was announced, I was still like, man, I did not like Rob Zombies 2. I was like, eh. and then what really bugged me was Danny McBride was attached. <laughs> I love Danny McBride when he's, like, in Tropic Thunder or that baseball (laughs) series he was in and, you know, whatever smaller things. But I was thinking, man, how is this guy going to do justice to Michael Myers? Right. And I've been disappointed three times in a row, technically, because there's the other sequel we don't speak about, plus the two Rob Zombie movies. (laughs) So that's three times where I was like, man, I don't know about this. (laughs) And then um, that picture with um, Jamie Lee Curtis and Michael, that was like, oh, okay, maybe this looks cool. And then slowly it started to build. feeling like We got the trailer. Oh, wait a minute. This does look cool. Yeah. And then you're sitting in the theater and they did something um, so cool, I think. Because we've always known Michael is human. No matter how many times they tried to spin it in a sequel, like maybe he's not. <laughs> At the end of the day, Michael is human. We saw Michael. Like, really saw Michael this time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's that was just an amazing moment to me. And I also agree, Michael Myers is a trendsetter. <laughs> he did it in the 70s. He's done it again. Mm-hmm. And this one specifically does a lot of cool stuff. And I, it's not my favorite sequel, but it's definitely the in the top three Halloween movies for me. Mm. It's probably the, the third, actually. But it's... <laughs> It's really good, and, and even at the, the time, like, from the release till now, I think it's aged better. It's aging like fine wine to me, because initially, I, I didn't like the ending very much. I didn't like the trap, but I've come to understand it better, like, hey, you know what? I guess she would do that. That makes sense.
0: Mm. There, there's supposedly... Well, not supposedly. There is an original ending. It's never right. seen the light of day, and... There's been pictures and whatnot. And if you read the script uh, that's circulating, I think it's the final draft. The ending itself that they were originally going to go with would have been a downer. And I could see, you know, Michael once again maybe being left on the cutting room floor, Mm -hmm. so to speak. Um, This was a perfect way to kind of tie together 40 years and then give a, a triumphant end. I've always said, and again, this is someone who, loves the two other films, and especially Halloween ends, the ending of 2018, to me, could have just been it. It could have been and, the yeah. end of this franchise. Laurie defeats Michael. I mean, there's that ambiguity. Is he dead? Is he not dead? But she has vanquished the boogeyman. She has come full circle. Her characters had this great arc, and Michael, once again, is is left to, to burn in hell. So, you know, like, it... it, it it, to me, I was thinking about it during my last rewatch. Like, yeah, this, this would have been a uh, a very acceptable end to the, the franchise. Now, obviously, it didn't end and it will probably never end, but uh, okay. no. When well, you go- talk about things that worked, one of the things
2: that worked and what made this such a good ending, if it was an ending, was how – during that climax, Laurie turned all of Michael's old tricks he used against her yeah. in '78 yeah. on him. I will never forget sitting in the theater opening night when he throws her off that balcony. He turns away for a yes. second and turns back around, and she's gone. The uproar priceless. in the theater, yeah, it that was, it was priceless. perfection. That and even the way she raised her daughter. Um, one of my favorite scenes in that whole trilogy, David Gordon Green trilogy, is. Um, Oh God, Karen! That's a daughter's name. Yeah. <laughs> um, standing in the basement, crying like, "Mom, where are you? I can't do this. I can't <laughs> yeah. do this." Michael yeah. Myers appears, and she's like, "Gotcha!" She just immediately changes and like shoots him. Perfection. She, she's Laura's
0: daughter. Yeah. Yep. Oh, no, it's yeah. That that was a great moment. I remember. I I too saw it opening night, and at that moment, I mean, the theater exploded. Like you know, it's one of those moments you look back like. They just stand out like when well, you have such a great audience reaction. I mean, people were screaming, and she was like, Okay, this is th- this movie has definitely landed well. So, uh, I, it, it was a good night.
1: It was I think it night. helps that it's Judy Greer, too. Like, this, yeah, all three movies were cast so
0: well, but oh. she
1: was perfect as Lori's daughter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And, and interestingly enough, and I'm I'm forgetting the, the actress's name, but. The mom from Gilmore Girls, uh Oh uh, Lord Grimm. There we go. Mm-hmm. She I guess was originally offered the role of Karen mm-hmm. and declined it now. I'd... I I I'm glad we we got Judy Greer. You know, nothing against her, but I, I, I think um that, that that role of Karen was born for... Uh, J- Judy Greer was born to play that role. She
2: must not like horror movies because she also declined Jill's mom to scream for
0: her. So. There we go. Really? There we go. Yeah.
1: There we go. I would have... I think she's better suited for that than this. I, I think this Judy Greer was just perfect. Also, yeah. Judy yeah. Greer is one of those actresses that usually stuns you in whatever she's in. That's right. She's never the main character, but she makes the most out of the character they give her. Even yeah. like... um. That werewolf, movie was cursed. Oh yeah, yeah. He's a blast and cursed.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, she, she's another one who always, I think, delivers a, a perfect and and flawless performance. But um... I mean, you want to? I'm sorry, Phil. No, no, go right ahead. Yeah. No, this is uh... this, this is open discussion. Here, so
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to shout out somebody else in this movie who really makes an impact in the trilogy as well, and that's um, Officer Har- Hawkins, played mm-hmm. by um... Yeah. Oh, God, what's his name?
1: What's his Will,
2: name? Will Patton. Patton right? Will, Will Patton. There we go. Will Patton. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's it. And he, uh, I mean, talk about a great character. Talk about the implied history between him and Laurie. They don't bang you over the head with it, but the two of them have such chemistry, and they. It's in the subtlety. It's in the subtlety, and it's perfect. He's such a great character, and um, you know, I fell in love with him here. Really fell in love with him in
0: Kills. Oh yeah. Yeah. I. I, I <laughs> We you know we'll get to ends uh, in a in a bit, but that was one thing I, I wish we could have had more of him later on because I think he's just such a great original character and you know, sometimes it can be a hit or a miss with these kind of you know mid you know midway through creations. I mean he had no connection to the original series and then he just I don't know he just sort of landed and and I don't know I I would have loved to have seen even more of him uh than than what we got. Yeah,
2: he was a good um substitute for lack of a better word for Loomis. He wasn't a doctor, but he filled that role a lot, the hunter yeah, that's of, right. Uh, Michael that's Myers, right. yeah. I that's,
1: did miss Loomis though.
0: I did, yeah, me too. yeah I'm a yeah, I mean, Loomis fan. <laughs> oh, right there with you, Chris. I mean it, it's impossible to fill Donald Pleasant's shoes. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, God love Malcolm McDowell, but it just it just mm-hmm. didn't happen. <laughs> um and I have to say, I I did miss Loomis, even even though he is, I think, handled perfectly. Just given the connection to the franchise and how there really is no other character like him in all of uh, in all of horror, maybe say for Van Helsing. There there is that void that 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 is still kind of missing, uh, even all these years later. You know, just such a such a such an important part to this whole whole franchise but you know r.i.p donald Pleasants.
2: it makes you wonder what 2018 would have been had he i mean he was ancient but I had, I <laughs> had say, he been younger and still alive for this uh logically
1: requel. there's no way that loomis would have been alive anyway no yeah because let's say true. in 78 he's he's gotta be in his 60s <laughs> yeah that's true i don't yeah. know
0: No, I I think if I recall correctly, the script originally had him written as like mid to late 50s. I mean, you know, you're right on the money with, you know, that. And I think Donald Pleasant was already in his 60s anyway. So, like, you know, logically, no, Dr. Loomis isn't showing up. uh, (laughs) Yeah. uh,
1: I think he would have been, if he were alive, you know, not the best shape to chase the
0: boogeyman. No, I mean no one wants to see Loomis running or you know, or wheeling around, you know, wheel, wheeling around Yeah, no, that just no. I play like Marco Polo with Michael Myers. I don't think no, that's work. No, that's just, no. <laughs> no that, that's how you become a parody of yourself. You know, scary movie five, maybe serious. <laughs> <laughs> wheeling to Haddonfield, um, dear God! But um, one of the I don't want to say criticisms of 2018, but something that you hear often in discussions because Lord knows fan bases are so passionate these days. You know, And I'm being generous with that word. Uh, but <laughs> some of the reaction, and I've had these discussions with people and I am on the other side of it, but I'm curious, do you feel that this film was... "Quote unquote bloody enough? Could there have been more kills, more, 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 more effects of a slasher film? And and that is something that I have seen kind of constantly rehashed. Oh, it wasn't bloody enough. Michael should have been more, more brutal. And again, maybe that's just the sign of the times, and and or kind of a hangover from the Rob Zombie films. I don't know, but." For me, I thought it was a it was just the right balance, kind of keeping in the tradition of the original film. But you know, I, I throw it to you guys was it was it bloody? <laughs> no. I
2: I mean, for me, it was it, like you said it perfectly. Kept in the tradition of the original, where they couldn't even afford blood yeah. for that movie. Um, they I think they struck a nice balance here between the original one and the original two. There was yeah. blood, but not it wasn't gory. Yeah. And I was fine with that. That's who Michael Myers is to me. That's who, what Halloween is to me. I mean Michael Myers is not ghostface, he's not art the clown, he's not like <laughs> disemboweling people for twenty minutes at a time, right? <laughs> <laughs> so weird did. Yeah. Um he's just you know, he kills and then he walks away. Yeah. Uh and the people who um, have been complaining about that—they uh, fixed it for them in kills, which we'll get right. to. Right, right.
1: <laughs> Chris, I, was it
0: was it bloody enough for you?
1: I think it was. Like Anthony said, if you watch seventy-eight, the, the killing really isn't till the later half of the movie, anyway. And I think it's what four characters that die? Maybe, yeah. maybe four.
0: <laughs> and and there's very little blood.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it, you know, that was also where he was posing them a little bit. So I think, to me, that takes more of the gore. Like, oh, he's messing with the body. That's weird.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Which he kind of does in this one with, like, the kitty hangs on the fence. Yeah. Which is probably one of the best Halloween kills ever. Let's Mm. let's just throw that. I'm just throwing that out there. Oh, without (laughs) question. I'm
2: 100% with
1: you. Yeah, it's it's a beautiful kill. Um, But, yeah, I would say there's a perfect balance of story and carnage. And, really, the, the finale lasts so long I think you're kind of getting what you paid for right there. Mm-hmm. That's a that's
0: a good point. Thoughts on obviously this was you know, John Carpenter's return to the franchise since since you well know, he was involved in three but since the second one with 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 Michael, I mean having him back was just as I said at the beginning a real coup for for Blumhouse and for Universal. What are your thoughts on? The score, because I mean that is as much as a a component to the film's success as as really anything. And uh, you know, obviously John Carpenter came back and and scored all three of these films. I mean, I I read somewhere that he said, "I've I've bitched enough all these years. I <laughs> might as well get off the couch and actually do something constructive." And you know, I I respect that. I mean, he's a you know a, a gem and uh, you know, a living legend. But the score. For me, I mean, it's it's right up there. I, I don't know where I would, would rank it overall, but it, it really hits home uh, just in kind of, you know, being, you know, a, a hint of nostalgia, but also doing something different. Chris, what's your thoughts on score? It's
1: it's a modern take on what we've had before, and that's why I think it works. He's not reinventing the wheel. Yeah. He's taking what you like, and he's updating it. Yeah. and he updates it in a way where you don't feel like oh they're trying
0: mm. it
1: just feels natural and i mean anytime you hear that ho- the Halloween theme kick in it's just a thing of beauty it even is. when it's just the simple notes weaved into another piece of of you know music it's just wonderful <laughs> yeah so i, I like to score of this one a lot it's very moody it's exciting when it needs to be but most of all it makes you uncomfortable mm. as it should it's Halloween mm -hmm. yeah the
2: score not only for this film this whole trilogy is probably Mm -hmm. some of the best in the entire series since the original um i own all the soundtracks they're on my halloween playlist every year Um man (laughs) yeah like chris said it it makes you uncomfortable it's creepy all these years later that original theme still creeps me out when i hear it all these years later the um Stalking theme, dun-dun-dun, yeah, dun, dun, mm-hmm. yep, creeps me out. Um At the same time, there's something so comforting about hearing it. Uh You know, you talk about, Chris, I, how... I jog when,
0: with it all the time, like... <laughs> you <laughs> with I, the, the, the stalking one? All of the above. I mean, I've got literally every sound, <laughs> like, especially around Halloween time. But even then, it's like, oh, I'll just pop in, you know, Halloween kills the day while I'm going on my run. <laughs> The, uh,
2: the original theme, though, the main theme, to your point, Chris and Phil, you both said, like, it's, you know, when it swells, like, it just does yeah. something to you. Mm-hmm. Um, the opening, going from how eerie it was to begin with, uh, to see Michael without his mask, just standing there, freaking out the patients uh they're all freaking out the podcaster is yelling look at me holding yeah. its mask and then it's just a hard cut to halloween and the score blares like i got
0: chills the first time i watched that
2: in theater it was perfect
0: how did you guys feel about the handling of of michael because i mean i think you said it earlier anthony we see a lot of him in this film and really in this trilogy both Unmasked, obviously, when he's in his mask, but but we do get to kind of see hints and and and, and glimpses of of the, the man behind the mask or, or the lack thereof, uh, depending on how you how you look at it. And was that something uh, that worked for you? I mean, I, I'm always kind of on the on the side, like keep him in the shadows, and I think they really handled that perfectly throughout all three films, but. Um, You know, there's always that, like, oh, you know, maybe they're showing too much. You know, should they, you know, keep him really obscured? But did it work for you guys?
2: Yeah, it worked for me. I'm glad we got glimpses of his face without ever seeing it full on. Like, and I liked, to to Chris's point, you see they establish he is just a man. Mm -hmm. And not only is he just a man the years have been hard on him. He is clearly yes. in his sixties. Now he's an older man and whatever that mask does for him, when he puts it on and views him with that confidence or power or whatever. Yeah. I thought that was great that we got glimpses of him without it. Um, you know, to compare him to what he's like with it on. Right.
1: Right. Some guys like to wear power suits and neckties. He likes to wear a, a William Shatner mask. Um, <laughs> I I think, like Anthony said and I said earlier, I love that first scene when we see him, and I think the first two movies of the trilogy do a really good balance of showing him, not showing him. Yeah. The third movie we'll get to, but (laughs) I um, generally with Michael, I don't like the mask off of him in those earlier films because I think it takes away the mystery. Like, who is he? Yeah. But I believe with this version and even, like, because you're going off of one and, well, really just one So just going off of one, where he is very clearly human, it makes more sense to show him the way they do here. And I I like the glimpses we got. I I like seeing the battle damage on him. Mm. That's another thing. Because we we saw like some movies he'd have the burns, and some movies he wouldn't. (laughs) Yeah. Like, oh, he's cured. Wait, no, he's not. This is the next movie. (laughs) (laughs) Where'd the burn marks go? Right, did he heal? Then he got burned again. What happened? Was he cooking something? <laughs> um, so it's cool to see in this they they carry over all that context. Yeah, even the stab wound they carry. Yeah, over. and the neck. Yeah, yeah. yeah. really yeah. cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that that opening in in twenty eighteen is, I think, still my my favorite of of, of the trilogy. It just mm-hmm. it's just so raw and and I mean the suspense. I mean it's just the music and then the way the inmates are all freaking out and the dogs are barking I mean, it's just uh, it's perfection I. I it's,
2: although I have a question for you guys because yeah. you guys are fellow podcasters are you guys do you guys have 10 grand to spare for interviews because my podcast isn't <laughs> a 10 grand to spare an interview <laughs> no. so uh, I want to know what
0: I'm doing wrong here <laughs> seriously I mean I, I I must be doing it wrong because you know. sorry guys there won't be any money coming into your accounts after this that's
1: <laughs> okay it's,
0: I like to offer people um, the, the, the gift of friendship. <laughs> so, and there we go. That That's better than money
1: right there. Although right. if I could get you guys 10000 I would. So, no. Right <laughs> <rush> back at <laughs> you.
2: Luckily, there will be an audio recording of this. So when you hit the lottery one day, we just play
1: it back for you. Well, first, that's like right. <laughs> We may have to do some further editing. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> oh, no. I've deleted it. Oh, dear. That part about
1: Michael is really cool because he's big and he's scary. Right. (laughs) Good
0: God. Um, Any other thoughts on on 2018 before we go into some more divisive uh, entries in the the franchise?
1: I wanted to mention how, so this first one, it's a trilogy, which I think a lot of us knew going into it that there was going to be three of them. And I think a lot of people, myself included, didn't expect it to be as much continuity as there is between the three of them. Yeah. And this one perfectly sets up everything you need to know for the yeah. next two films. That's right. And I think all the compliments in the world to Danny McBride <laughs> and David Gordon Green for that. Because yeah. it's a real story that goes from A, B, and C. Right. It, it's very easy to follow. You know everybody and... It gets to a point I think in Halloween kills or ends I'm sorry, whether you like it or not, you know each one of these characters in their journey, and you're comfortable watching it finish right so right. all the compliments to them for the continuity and establishing what we would come to see in the rest of the trilogy that's perfectly said.
2: yeah <clears throat> absolutely and um, I did just want to point point out two things real quick before we move on. one, I think it's worth mentioning how um amazing it's one of my favorite shots in the entire series that long tracking shot of him returning to Haddonfield he goes to grab the hammer then the yeah. knife and he's moving through yeah. houses killing people perfection yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. like so well done the cinematography in this film is gorgeous on all three films really I mean it's <laughs> these are some of the most beautiful Halloween films since the original with the uh, you know with Dean Cundy. But uh no, I, I agree. That that scene is just uh oh, chills yeah. and perfection.
2: <laughs> and then um my one flaw with this film, because I do love this film, it's in my top three as well. Um <clears throat> my one flaw, I think it's a lot of people's flaw. What
0: did you two feel about the character of Doctor Sartain? Oh, I'm glad you, you brought that up because that is an interesting point. Chris, I'll let you go go first if you'd like.
1: I feel like we needed a character like him. We needed the anti Loomis. Mm, okay. Now he is very animated, but so was Loomis for the time. Right. Even now, when you watch it, he stands out. He he's something else in those movies. I love yeah. him. But he is he's on another level. Yeah, <laughs> he had a different script than everybody else. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I like the doctor. I think the use of him was clever, and the way. What I like most about it is the way they connected him to because and it you know, it also solves or uh, it answers the question. Does Michael just care about Lori? No. He right. just wants carnage. Yeah. And this doctor, he didn't know that. He thought it was about Lori. Yeah. So it's it's cool to see that. I, I like the doctor. Anti-Loomis is cool with me. Okay.
0: Yeah, I I liked the twist on how it wasn't just a Loomis rehash and especially with the later two films, even though he might seem like an out-of-place out of character, like, hey, what's really his purpose? I think in the context of the trilogy as a whole, it really ties into the whole theme of of evil and how it can kind of infect different people, Michael being this kind of a virus, and mm-hmm. Sartain was just another one of these these helpless victims. I mean, again, that's, you know, looking, you know, probably too much into the weeds, of it, you know, but I mean, there is that, uh I think a, a better rationalization for the character than, you know, just sort of what he was in the first film. I mean, I, again, I like the kind of twist on Loomis because, you know, whereas Loomis was always hunting Michael, it's great to have someone kind of like obsessed with Michael, but in the worst possible way. So I, I, I did like it, but I, I think I appreciate it even more now kind of seeing it all put together, but... I mean, yeah, no doubt, like... you know, controversial uh, mm-hmm. at the start.
2: Yeah, I like him being the anti-Loomis for sure. Like I thought that was an inter- great um, character to introduce into this world. I think it was just the execution. Um, maybe it felt a little rushed to me. I don't know. But by the time he was putting on Michael's mask, I was like, uh, "This is." That's... I don't know if I can go
0: here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that that might have been. I mean. Yeah, you know, we we we'll, we can we'll get to Corey down the down the road, but like that was I I if I have any issue, it's that mask scene. I mean, I don't have a problem if someone puts it on his put wears the mask if there is a justification story wise. I I don't know why he did other than just like oh I'm gonna put on his mask and it'll be a creepy you know kind of two second like I I don't know. It, it was. It, it was almost more comical than anything, uh, looking back on it. And I remember when I re watched it back at Halloween time, I was like, oh yeah, that 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 is kind of strange, you know. It's just like <laughs> just popping the mask on like oh, okay, you know. Good 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 dog
1: I kind of think of it this way, if I found Batman's cowl no, I'm fair. probably gonna put it on. No, that's fair. That's fair. That's true. I mean, that's, I don't know if good. I'd want to put on this killer sweaty mask, but if I'm into that, sure. <laughs> <laughs> mm, it smells like blood and musk. Ah, uh, yes. You know?
2: Yeah. No, that's fair. Okay. That's a, that's a I was just point. curious what you thought, because yeah, I know then, he's a controversial aspect of the film.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, there's been, like, you know, a number of, like, different, you know, like, screen rare and articles and things <laughs> that have come out over the years. Like, you know, one sartain, you know, necessary. It's just, like, I you know it's fascinating how he's become kind of like a lightning rod. I mean, you know, I think the whole trilogy as a whole has become a lightning rod in recent months. But you know, um, you know, it's it's definitely fascinating.
2: Yeah, and I'm sorry. I know we want to get on to the other no, two. Oh I yeah, no, 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 have no, one no, more no, thing.
0: No, go, no, Go right ahead. Um, one
2: of the scenes I really, really enjoyed in this as well. Um and it paid homage to everything that came before it just with this simple line of dialogue and it's when allison is walking to school with her friends talking about mm. her grandmother and how she hates halloween because of what happened to her all those years ago and the one friend is like so one guy with a knife killed four people 30 uh 40 years ago whatever it was he's mm. like worse things happen every day And then her other friend's like, wasn't it her brother? And she's like, no, that was a rumor. So between those two lines of dialogue, I was like, okay, wow, this is – that's a good way. It's a good subtle throwaway almost way of letting us know we're ignoring parts of that continuity. And also we're in a new day and age where you know schools, businesses get shot up on a daily basis. But this little town is terrified of a guy with a knife who carved (laughs) up four people 40 years ago. Yeah.
0: I, I for one, I mean, I agree with everything you just said, but on the whole point of the brother-sister storyline, and we can get into that, uh, you know, if we'd like, but I, I'm glad they separated, they made that distinction. Again, as someone who loves all the other films, the family storyline is convoluted, and it, mm-hmm. it takes away that terrifying aspect of Michael, which is so uh unique to that original film that there is no reason he's just he's just doing this for you know his own amusement or or whatever you know it's it it becomes less frightening when oh you know just stay away from the the you know the the myers (laughs) family and you'll be good on halloween well
2: well, you're right that's what makes the original so scary they those girls were in the wrong place at the wrong time essentially and he targeted them and Again, we see that happen every day, sadly, in life. And uh, it's terrifying. Um, so the sibling aspect, again, I like all those movies, but that I never liked that. And I know Carpenter himself didn't either. He regrets doing yeah. it.
1: <laughs> I'm kind of 50-50 on it. Um, I like it in the movies that we've seen it. I love H2O. That is my mm-hmm. favorite sequel still. Um, but I also understand, yeah, it is convoluted. A lot of it doesn't make sense. And when you think about it, Let's say he kill all the Myers family. What does he do then? Yeah. Does he just take off the mask and go to, go to a farm like Thanos? What happens? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I'm fifty 50-50. I go either way, but I do prefer the idea of him just being a psychopath. Yeah, yeah. I, I do. I think that's the better version. But I'm going either way.
0: It's more frightening, but and no no doubt it's convoluted. it's definitely it convoluted. Um. All right. Well, we will. Uh, we will put halloween 2018 to the side and we will uh put halloween kills on the uh on the chopping block and uh carve up this uh this rather controversial uh sequel i mean this i mean we'll get to halloween ends <laughs> in a moment but uh halloween kills certainly was polarizing to mm-hmm. say the least when it came out in 2021 of course having been delayed following uh, the pandemic and all the the hell that that was COVID Um, thoughts just sort of initially, I guess, a, do you, do you think this, uh, I guess, what are your thoughts on Halloween kills and and B is it overhated? Is, is, are the criticisms uh, justified? So, I didn't didn't
1: realize people really hated it that much. Hmm. Because when I, I went into it really, really hyped, you know, I love 2018. It's like, okay, cool. What else are they going to give us? <laughs> and then there was the promise that it was more violent. It's like, I like violence. I like Michael doing violence. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I remember the trailers showed so much. And I was like, oh, well, if they're showing this in the trailer, what else is there? So I went into it with huge expectations and it pretty much met mine. And then I, I remember like going uh, afterwards, I, a lot of my friends were like, well, that was terrible. I was like, oh, you didn't like it? Okay. <laughs> But it, it I didn't realize how many people just do not like this film. Because <laughs> I'm on the complete opposite side of the fence. I think it's one of the best sequels. Same. 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 There's a I mean, lot of good stuff in it. So it, it's actually the one I've rewatched the most out of the three.
0: Same. So we're all in agreement, at least in that sense. No, Anthony, go, go right ahead.
2: Yeah. <clears throat> like Chris, I went in all hyped for this. The trailers got me so excited. Uh, I love 2018. I walked out opening night pumped. I loved the violence. I loved the direction they took this in. I loved seeing other legacy characters again, like Lindsay Wallace. Um, Bracket. Yeah, but every single person I went to, I went with. hated it. (laughs) And then I go on Twitter later that night, everyone hated it and i'm like did i see a different movie because i mentioned halloween 2018 is probably my third favorite in the franchise this is my second favorite i love this thing um michael is a beast and i love the idea of him well one i love the idea that takes place the same night as 2018 like direct continuation but b after 40 years this evil has returned and he has whipped this town into a friend, this small yeah. town into a frenzy and they are out for blood. Uh, it was something new. It was something different, but felt completely in the spirit of the
0: franchise. And so I, cool. I adore this film. It's Michael's movie. I mean, that he like people say, Oh, there's no real main character and there's too many convoluting plots. Well, it's his movie. He is the driving force of the narrative now mm-hmm. again, Michael is not a character you 're going to get much exposition or any dialogue from uh, from, but that 's not the point he 's driving the story. Everything that is happening in this film, the way the characters are reacting or not reacting is because of him and what happened in the previous film i I think anyone who and again, everyone's entitled to their own opinion, of course, but like I think people just miss the mark for what this film was going for i mean it's a love letter to the eighties slasher yeah. films you know it's spectacular in the gore it it's got what you would expect from any of the Halloween films that came out you know in in the mid to late eighties or or friday the thirteenth it's it's bloody but you've also got you know a real story, and again this is the second part in a in a trilogy, so of course it's not going to have everything wrapped up in a neat little bow. I mean, you know, I've never been able to get an answer from some of the, uh, the, the critics, shall we say, like, what were you, ex- what were you looking for? Like, we're not going to get a rehash of 2018. That's been done. So like, wh- like, I don't know. I really don't know what people wanted from this film. I mean, other than, I mean, it, it's a Halloween movie. The title is Halloween kills. <laughs> like it, it's kind of all there. And, and I, I, you know, people are like, oh, you know, th- there's no story or it's just a-, a bloody mess. And it's like, okay, maybe I just was watching a different movie. I don't know. But like, I-, I had the similar reaction with like the people I saw it with. And then just like you go on Twitter and it's like, okay, like <laughs> what did I watch or something, you know? If we got a rehash of 2018. The critics
2: would have said, "Oh, they just copied themselves. Exactly. They're not doing anything new."
0: Exactly.
2: And don't get me wrong; we all love 2018. We would have still enjoyed it, but oh, this yeah. is so much better than just rehashing what we already saw two years prior. No.
1: You know. Also, though, if you think about it, none of the Halloween movies have these strong narratives. No. No. Michael no. is. It's usually Michael's driving force or whatever surviving member of the Myers family they choose to use at the time <laughs> is the, the driving force. But there's not a lot that goes on in these movies. And we talk about Halloween 2, which is regarded as one of the better sequels. Mm-hmm. There isn't. What is that even about? Yeah, <laughs> it's just iconically. Michael finishing what he started or trying to. That's right. Which is what this is. It's Michael trying to finish what he started. It's, I'm having a night out. It's Halloween. We're going to yeah. party.
2: Well, what's interesting to me is I – so I loved this movie from the moment I saw it. Mm -hmm. I love it even more after seeing the whole trilogy because this trilogy is really about how evil affects a town. So this movie works even better for me after seeing Halloween Ends to see how he has completely ruined this town. You see people committing murder, suicide. Mm -hmm. You see what he did to Corey Cunningham. He's completely destroyed the psyche of this town. And this film really serves as the start of it. And when we were sitting there watching it in theaters that first time, we really didn't know that's where it was going completely. Mm-hmm. And I think it works even better in retrospect. It like to say what you said about eighteen, Phil. I think it's aging like a fine wine. This one as well.
1: Oh, it's perfect. It,
2: it, it,
0: I I do think this film probably quicker than Halloween ends will will experience a renaissance and a a a, a revisit because I mean. What aside, you know, story or lack thereof. I mean, you said it perfectly, Chris. Uh, you're not going to always get, you know, a lot of meat on the bones with a Halloween film.
1: It's not Shawshank Redemption. No,
0: no, no. It is. It is. It is certainly not. Um, Although there's your idea for the reboot, Michael, uh,
2: <laughs> tunneling out of uh, the sanitarium. Are well, we going
0: to miss sanitarium? <laughs> um, but like, it, it is a fun throwback to a bygone era i mean you know i mean and again you you mentioned halloween 2018 being a trendsetter i mean you know not that they weren't bloody and 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 this is again tame when you compare it to say terrifier or terrifier Two, but like it, it does feel like you know it's kind of again opening the door to you know just sort of like over the top bloody carnage <laughs> slasher films, which you know really have kind of been like you get like maybe one or two like films that stick out, but mostly they've been kind of relegated to a bygone era. And it kind of feels like this is celebrating everything that was so uh, unique about these films, mm-hmm. uh, particularly from the 80s. And you've got a nice, a nice callback to to that era that really was the, the golden age of, of the slasher. But I mean, I, can we just talk about that, that whole flashback sequence? Because. Oh my God. Masterpiece. I, I mean, I. That's part of the movie. Seriously, seriously. I, I want so badly a Halloween film set, you know, in that time frame with mm-hmm. just the way the, the lighting, the camera work. I mean, if if you had if you didn't know you would think yep yeah, this is a deleted scene from 1978. How, it's flawless.
2: How they didn't win anything for uh, the Loomis makeup job? No CGI oh my there. God,
0: oh my God, it's yeah. fantastic. I remember watching it, thinking like, how did they
1: do this? Is that old footage of Donald? Pl- That's why I thought I thought they spliced footage. That's what I thought. Yeah, I was like, that, that has
0: to be what this is. It's too too well. It's done. too good. Yeah, yeah, so good though. <laughs> now that that whole that whole sequence and certainly there's always that that reservation of of whether or not to kind of go back to something that's already been settled and and expand the narrative to it and when i read initially they were doing the flashback i was a little oh you know maybe you know maybe that's not a good idea because there's always the risk of overdoing it And, and and fun fact when they were doing or or conceiving halloween 2018 they originally thought of picking it up right at the end of halloween 1978 Mm -hmm. to start the film but they were going to redo the ending essentially where loomis comes in he shoots michael he goes into the bedroom and then michael was going to kill loomis and so the whole ending to 1978 would have been repurposed re Mm -hmm. redone Uh, for the 2018 film but john carpenter uh interestingly enough was the the voice of reason and said no don't don't do that you know you'll piss off fans (laughs) first off but that number two just make your movie people will will already know what happened and there's no reason to to rehash it so i have to say i was a little nervous that there was going to be some Playing with the canon going into a, a flashback, just having known what was already done with uh, or, or what was toyed with for 2018. But I, I was just delighted, you know, obviously watching. And then finally, when it was all said and done, I mean, it was just utter perfection. I mean, it, it feels like it is a direct continuation of that film from that very night. Well, thank God for John Carpenter because it, it, uh, seriously, I mean, gonna <laughs> kill Loomis in the first you know five minutes in a flashback. I no can't do that. Can't do that. <laughs> can't do that. I, I mean,
2: you know, one of the franchises Halloween inspired the most to scream, and like they say in mm-hmm. Scream, don't mess with the original. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> so,
1: <that's right.
2: laughs> um, I love the flashback though. I loved what it, I loved that we got to see how Michael was brought in, and yeah. I loved more importantly. Um, it put Hawkins directly in the action. Yeah. Hawkins was the one who brought him in. Hawkins was the one who didn't kill Michael when he had the yeah. chance. Yeah. And uh, that really added layers to the character which we see in this film. Hmm.
0: How do you guys feel about Laurie being essentially relegated to the hospital bed? I mean, you know, a nice callback to uh, to Halloween too with with her recuperating, but... Uh, this is another one of those criticisms that I always see hurled around that oh Lori's not in it enough and she's in the hospital and uh, I'm just curious your thoughts if if keeping uh if keeping Jamie Lee Curtis to uh uh the, the hospital room was uh was the wise uh, idea for the story.
1: I would say it was. I, I think not only is it like I said, it's a great throwback it makes sense to me because you introduce these younger characters who now have to deal with the aftermath of what just happened, Mm -hmm. you know, and they're not injured point where they have to stay in the hospital. So they're still going to be dealing with Michael running around rampaging. And also it is basically Michael's movie. We, this is one of the few horror films where the majority of the movie is based on the carnage of the, the monster character or the the villain character. Mm -hmm. So it makes sense to me. To keep her in the hospital. Plus, you get those good moments. Yeah, the, the moments to me are worth ha- keeping her there. Right. Yeah, I I'm glad you went this
2: direction, Phil, with this question because I wanted to head here too. Um, again, everybody's entitled to their own opinion, right,
1: of course. But oh, yeah. a
2: lot of the criticism I see regarding this, it's like mm, you're not complaining about the original Halloween too, where not only was she sidelined in the hospital. But she didn't get anything to do until the last, like, 15
0: minutes of that film. I know. She practically doesn't Whereas, speak in the movie.
2: <laughs> yeah. Whereas here, yeah, she's sidelined in the hospital. She's confined to the hospital. But she has an actual part to play. Right. She's in the movie. She's an important character. She's kind of dictating and rallying the troops in the hospital what they need to do. Yeah. And I love that. I thought it was a smart choice. Um I thought it was a smart choice picking up exactly where we left off. Where we left off in 2018, it would not have been unbelievable for her not to
0: have to go to the hospital after right. that. Exactly. Exactly. Now, this film of course has an extended cut which features the original ending. Now, I have to say when I first, you know, found out there was an ex- you know, extended cut, I'm like, "Oh my god, you know, give me more." Halloween stuff because you know that's that's what I'm all about anytime I can see more Halloween <laughs> is a good day um, and for a long time you know prior to, tw- uh, to, to ends I thought the extended cut with the extended ending was the way to go now having seen what happens with ends and kind of the direction of the story I think it was the wise decision that they made with the theatrical cut to, to end it with that that scene and take out the the phone call and just again it's michael's movie keep the focus on on michael but thoughts on that extended ending and 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 what could have been i suppose had had covid not gotten in the uh the way i mean that's again we're getting into the hypothetical here but uh there was definitely a an ending where where this movie could have taken a third film in a totally different direction
2: well correct me if i'm wrong but if it wasn't for covid wasn't the original plan to set all three the same night
0: one halloween night there's mixed thought uh, mixed reporting on that um it, se- it seems like every news piece that came out prior to end suggested that there was going to be you know, have all three films take place on the same night but Interestingly, I was actually listening to a podcast a couple months ago where one of the screenwriters for Halloween 3, I think his name is uh, Paul Brad Logan, he said there was never any discussion about the third film taking place on the same night. So it's sort of a, you know, a 50-50 situation, I guess. I mean, I I have to believe there may have been some kernel of, of truth just given how many times it has been reported and especially when you think of what that original ending meant
2: well I'll say this <laughs> that original the extended ending I think the ending of ends <laughs> could have worked tacked on to the ending of uh-huh. kills Laurie going to hunt Michael yeah. them having their final showdown and then with the town in this big frenzy they've been hunting them that big funeral procession through town where they dump him in the dump and watch his body be destroyed. That almost seems like the natural conclusion to... The natural epilogue to how Kills ended, in my right. opinion.
1: Interesting. Interesting. For your thoughts? I like... I like both endings. Um, something about the extended ending, though, gets me. I think there's something... Fascinating and kind of just it makes Michael more chilling in a way, if you think about it. Because Michael picks up the phone, yeah, and he's just hearing this woman, Where's my daughter? what I don't know what she says. He's well aware he messed around and found out just now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're a PG 13 show, yeah,
0: Chris. It's okay, I, okay. I, I, I can make yeah,
1: <laughs> you know. So he is well aware what he just did. Yeah. And he knows who this woman was. And I think it sets up a beautiful rivalry there that, yeah, we don't see it full on and ends, but when it shows up, it's there. Mm-hmm. And I think also it adds, it, it's weird because I think it actually adds to her coping the way she does in, in ends. Because, like, okay, I talked to the boogeyman. The boogeyman didn't talk back. Right. The <laughs> boogeyman just sat there. And then he went about his way to live in the sewers with Splinter. And I'm going to do my thing and bake pies, so I think it's part of her her coping. Like she got it out of her system; but she got something, and she put it to rest. So I kind of like that they have that moment because it's it's they have a moment, yeah, to kind of bridge a gap in a way. I guess is what I'm
0: saying. Yeah, because they don't have in the original cut any exchange right. or moments together. They don't,
1: they don't. There's nothing between them in the original cut.
0: And and you know not that you know I have a you know an issue you know you know Laurie and you know Michael don't interact I mean Loomis and Michael didn't interact in Halloween Six but that's another criticism that I hear people say over and over again oh you know they don't have a scene together there's no there's no moment and I mean you know again you know everyone's of course entitled to their own opinion but you know there might be some. You know justification because i mean you you want that that conflict i mean yeah and i think you said it perfectly it's a it's a moment and Mm
1: -hmm.
0: you know there's so much just in that 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 exchange or lack thereof from from michael that it just it's 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 riveting i mean i remember when i first finally saw that ending i'm like oh my god this is the way it should have ended it's so perfect and it just it leaves you wanting to see what happens immediately after
1: and on one hand, I'm hoping, please don't speak. Please don't speak. Right.
0: Yeah. Oh, God.
1: That's so imagine be... if you
2: said Lori. Just Lori or something like that. Oh, I
1: We would have been having a different
0: conversation right yeah. now. No. <laughs> <Yeah. Good. laughs> nope. 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 I'd, I'd still be podcasting on it right now. <laughs> this is not good. No. no,
2: um, no. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I was just wanted to point out, so I'm a digital guy. Uh, my apartment's too big for physical media. Now I had way too much. (laughs) I made the jump to digital, um, which I love. I have having them on the go wherever I go. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's funny though, because I have Voodoo and the only version they offer to buy on Voodoo is the extended cut. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Which
0: I appreciate. I like it. (laughs) No, I thought that was interesting that that's, uh, that's all that's available. But, uh, it's sort of a it's a fun what if because i think you know again in a world where where COVID didn't happen and this movie had been released uh as as intended and then ends of course uh, as it was intended we probably get a different uh a different overall story but i mean i i i think the hate that this film gets it's just unnecessary and it's totally overblown i mean you know, you, you get Sheriff Brackett back. I mean, it's not—it's not in a huge capacity, but you get him back. I mean, the kills. I mean, if there's any, uh, you know, valid criticism of oh, maybe it was not bloody enough in the in the last film. You're going to get your fill in this <laughs> one. I mean, it—it's it, a constant gore fest, and it's like, I mean, I was you know, talking with someone around Halloween, like, okay, what what was the best kill in this? movie i mean in a movie called halloween kills you know there has to be one kill that stands out i mean i i definitely know what what uh which one it is for me but but gentlemen what what kill uh rose to the top of the list for you from this movie chris you can start
1: i don't know i'm trying to think there's the body count is so high in this movie.
0: I think it's the highest of any. I Halloween was going to ask: movie. Is this yeah. the
1: highest? It, it, you count the firefighters, that's a squad. Yeah, exactly. That he demolishes. Yeah, then he well, I a think whole they. The townspeople.
2: They even say they even give the number of firefighters later on in the okay, film they, on the news. You're yeah, right, yeah. It's it's like close to thirty or something. Yeah. It's an insane amount. Yeah,
1: demolishes. Can I just use that? That whole scene. Yeah,
2: that's.
0: That's
1: Actually, you know, when he gets the saw and you, you get that view of him like picking up and going to the helmet or whatever, that's oh, what yes, I'm great.
0: Thinking. Yeah, it's just that's so intense. unique for Michael Myers to do. It's a whole iconic imagery. I mean, that, that him is. kind of coming through the fire. I mean, that's yeah, that, that whole is a perfect thing. scene. I it's,
2: mean, when you, go- when you google image Michael Myers, that's a shot that comes it, up. It, now. Seriously, it's
1: standing in the fire. Yeah, I, I think that might have overtaken the head shot, the head, you know, when he's standing on yes. the tall hedge. Yeah. And on the first one, I think that flaming Michael is yeah. now the – that's what people want. That's the thing.
0: I, I know. I think you're right. I think you're right. Anthony, go ahead. I'm torn between two. Okay. That's all right. You can have two. There's no rules here.
2: For completely different reasons. Right. One, when he kills that – well, we find out she survives. But when she, he breaks into that couple's home – and he it's brutal how oh, yeah. he uses a husband as basically a knife block that he <laughs> just keeps stabbing different knives into him. Um, made me uncomfortable. That's probably <sighs> as violent as anything we've seen in any of these Halloween movies. Um, so I know. I was shocked to see She Lived. In the, I know. In <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other one that stands out, though, just for pure ridiculousness, but I laughed, it's fun, it's a good time, where he's in the oh. park yep. uh, they go to open the gun, shoot him through the car door he kicks the car door back in their face and the gun turns around and shoots the guy it's in the so head
0: cool. <laughs> it's like one of those moments that you just are not expecting in a Halloween film mm-hmm. and yep. yet when it happens it's like yes like that should have been happening in many more movies, <laughs> Like it's just perfect oh my god
2: it cemented the fact that something we already knew. Michael Myers is a complete badass. So that cemented it. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I mean, I, you know, step I aside, James. Later, it, had a new layer.
1: it had like a new layer to what he can do because I, I never thought he could do something like that. It just give him a, a weapon
0: and he'll bluntly murder you. Yeah, yeah. For me, the I mean, there's you know, I feel like a crazy person. Oh, there's so many good kills in this movie, but uh, the the one that still sticks out is at the end with with cameron allison's boyfriend on the Ooh. stairs i mean that that whole scene i mean it's it's brutal to watch and it's i feel like it's michael at his most sadistic in that movie it's just like you know i i think you got him and then it's like you know, it goes back from the head twist i mean it's just like
1: that's like a one of the like no nonsense kills in this movie he was not messing around he was there to accomplish something and he did it seriously
0: mm-hmm. no Michael the machine Michael mm-hmm. the machine no it was uh that that was a that was a moment that stands out um
2: what did you guys feel about the him taking on after that the entire killing like half the town as they're beating him in a lynch mob because out one one part of me thinks it's super cool how he killed them all <laughs> when he was down and out. The second part of me was, well, they were really stressing this guy is just human. And this is almost like he's superhuman now, especially because they keep saying he's transcending. He's transcending. Yeah. So I left kills almost like he has become something more than human now. He's become pure evil. And that's really what's keeping him going through all his injuries and everything.
0: I feel that's a a moment where I I think David Gordon Green and company tries to have their cake and eat it too. Like we want Michael to be human, but we want to keep that door open and we're not going to go in the direction that the other films went with. Like, yeah, he's just basically supernatural, you know, throw him in the fire and he's going to come right back out. But like, I I feel like they try to have it both ways and, it, it, I mean, I, I guess it, it works, but it it is a little jarring because especially when the last film kind of took a lot of effort to say, yes, this is just a man. You know, this, you know, he, he may be evil, but he is just he's flesh and blood. And then when you have that whole sequence happen, it's like, OK, are we going back in the other direction or are we trying to? Just you know, straddle that line between you know, man and, and, and Superman, so to speak.
1: Yeah, that scene it it, it pushes it. <laughs> They're really pushing it, especially when you watch the extended, and it's more violent. Yeah. yeah. I mean yeah. he's letting loose. Oh yeah. After they just kicked the shit out of him. <laughs> Stabbed him. I think they shot him at one point. Yeah. So, yeah. Like he but also, I, I guess it goes back to the idea that the mask is like an adrenaline thing. And I don't maybe they take the mask off. He's just a man with the right. mask on. He's a beast.
0: Well, it's interesting. Um, and I don't know if you guys have read the novelization. Uh, h- highly recommend it, you know, coming from a Halloween fan. <laughs> so, again, the audience of this podcast knows I will just preach Halloween until, you know. <laughs> the, the, the cows come home but um home. it will until michael comes up i've been lock the door um no in the novelization interestingly enough that whole scene plays out differently now i don't know if this is a situation where they just took liberties or if this was how an original uh script may have gone because the film or the the book does have the original ending so i'm Wondering if there was maybe an, an earlier draft of the script, but to make a long story short, when he gets beaten down and and shot up by the townspeople, they do it without him wearing the mask. It's oh. like the mask is on the ground. He goes to get it, and they're like, boom, 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 and then he goes down. But then you know he comes back, and when he puts the mask on, he's like, okay, I'm 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 powered up. I'm I'm ready to go. So. Again, you know, I could just be, you know, reading way too much into it. Maybe, maybe you know, this was, again, just creative liberties on the uh, on the part of the writer. But it, it makes me wonder, especially since it was always that emphasis placed in these films about the mask and like yeah. some unknown power that that maybe that was how this was originally shot. Right. But, you know, just you know, food for thought uh, on on what could have been, I guess.
1: That's interesting, but I think it is about the mask. Kind of like you look at a, any superhero; they
0: put yeah. on their suit,
1: they're indestructible. That's right, yeah. Or James Bond he wears the tux; you can't stop them. No. <laughs> that's right. I think it really does come back to the mask. That's interesting that it was written that way, though. And yeah. that's
2: why I mean, it would explain why too. Every time somebody goes with that mask, he stops going he, after them. He like his has priority is mask keeping that him. mask on exactly. his face. Exactly.
0: So I, 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 my head can is like, yeah, that that's. That's definitely what happened. Uh, that's the magic. He's not that's, that shy. No, I'm sorry. All, that's the source of power. Um, any final thoughts on uh, on Halloween Kills before we uh, go to the third act?
1: I think there's an elephant in the room. Yeah. So there's a lot people of... people dies hate. tonight? Yes. There's a <laughs> lot of hate for this movie. We all know that. And Again, I respect everybody's opinion. I know you guys do too. I kind of gotta agree on something here. The inmate storyline mm. is a, is too yeah. long. I think it runs too long, and I don't think we needed that emotional anchor because we don't know this inmate. I don't really care about this inmate. Yeah, I I sign up for the carnage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, but and the other thing is, evil dies tonight. <laughs> we all love a good tagline. We all love a vicious mob. So do I. Yes. Yeah, great. Great times. But not that.
2: <laughs> no. No. Evil dies. It did. I am convinced, by the way, that Evil Dies Tonight inspired the Christmas Dies Tonight in Violent Night. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> it
1: probably
2: did.
0: I was thinking about that. Yeah.
2: <laughs> um Chris, I'm with you to an extent here. Um, I think the inmate story went way too long mm-hmm. and in parts, it was very unbelievable because this guy is four feet shorter than Michael Myers he's and people who are, <laughs> yeah, people are hunting him yeah. who have encountered Michael Myers before and yeah. they know he's taller. I think they could have done a better job casting it at least size. High wise. wise, wise. wise. Yeah. Um, I, I liked, though, the emotional ending of that. I liked how Michael have whipped this town into such a frenzy. They became a mob, thinking they're doing the right thing to hunt this evil. But in the process, they've almost become the evil itself and forced this guy, ended this guy's life inadvertently because they targeted him wrongly. And I liked what that was saying about how evil can permeate a town, which, again, right. is...
0: And takes and runs with, mm-hmm. right? No, I I agree with that. I think my issue with that whole sequence, it, it just comes down to it's so unexpected, and it does go on. I think far too long uh, at at a point, and again, the you know we're suspending a lot with these movies, but like. There is no way, as you said, anybody you know, would think, oh, that that's got to be Michael over there, you know. I mean, it, like, come on, like, it, it, no. I mean, you know, Roly Poly is not is not Michael Myers, <laughs> you know. It just like, I mean, and, and so that's what kind of it takes I away. From... Michael Myers, <laughs> seriously, like it just sort of because I I like what it's saying. I like the whole commentary on. Evil and again, going back to Michael, he's infecting this town. It's just, it's 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 a little too long, and it just sort of pulls you out longer than uh, than I think it needed to be. I think it could have been, I mean, I mean, not to say that it's done perfectly in Halloween too, but the whole Ben Tramer situation where mm-hmm. Loomis thinks it's him, like that seems to me a better way to handle a a misidentification and then kind of the immediate aftermath. I mean, obviously you don't get the same emotional beat that you get in Halloween kills, but I I think that's almost the way to do it. Like that's an example where like, you know, if it it ain't broke, don't fix it kind Mm -hmm. of a thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. I would agree with that for sure.
2: And I agree with what Chris said too. Uh, I it would have resonated more with me if we knew the inmate. Well, the only time we've seen this inmate before is for a brief five seconds in eighteen when he's outside with Michael. Exactly. Um,
1: If you blink, you miss it. Yeah, yeah,
2: exactly, exactly. Um, it's funny you compared him to the penguin though, because that's exactly what I thought while watching it. While (laughs) watching it, the (laughs) umbrella. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um. Oh, I do want to shout out. I I don't know the name of the actor. I do know doing my research though. This uh the guy who played the inmate passed away shortly after filming this movie. So may he yeah. rest in peace. No, seriously. Rest well,
1: in peace. Now I feel bad. Thanks for that. <laughs> 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 oh dear. Move, move, moving on. Uh,
2: uh, before we move on, yeah, no, yeah, one more no. question for you guys. What did we feel about uh, Anthony Michael Hall and the role of Tommy compared to the other versions of Tommy we have gotten in the past?
0: Well, interestingly enough, and I, I, you, you both probably have read this somewhere. Paul Rudd was offered a chance to return and play Tommy. Now he was conflicted with Ghostbusters, so I mean the rest is history. But uh, I have I, I go back and forth on Anthony Michael Hall. I, I I think I would have preferred to have seen Paul Rudd in the film just because it would be a kind of a switch to see him in, in a role like that, in this kind of a scenario, especially given his connection with the franchise. Um I, I, I don't know. I go back and forth. It's like the first time uh his performance didn't, you know, didn't affect me one way or the other. Couple rewatches. It's like, uh, it's a little over the top, but then like, you know, the most recent time, like, it was fine. Like, I, I don't know. I guess I'm neutral on it. There's there's my cop <laughs> out answer.
1: <laughs> um, I would say I'm kind of neutral, too. I don't mind him. I feel like he is that over-the-top character for this movie. I feel like every Halloween movie has to have one person who read a different script. Yeah. I guess that's yeah. him in this one. <laughs> the, the thing about Paul Rudd, I, I love Paul Rudd. I don't know if I would have wanted to see him do this, mm-hmm. and also I think with him you automatically would get the baggage from six. That's true. Which I 100 percent agree. People don't really like. I like it, but again, I think it's a soundest thing. Also, the way Tommy was originally written in that movie kind of sticks in my head, where it was more of an obsessive thing over Michael. That's true. That so true. yeah, I think I, even though I'm neutral on on what we got, I think I'd prefer what we have or. If they were to use a different guy, that would have been fine too. Yeah.
2: That's that's where I am, Chris. Um you know, I love Paul Rudd as an actor, mm-hmm. but automatically I I'm not a fan of Six, sorry. <laughs> but <laughs> nobody is <laughs> automatically people will associate him with Six. Yeah. And no, people will automatically start thinking of the timeline which they made such a big deal of erasing. Yeah. Um so. it's kind of like what's going on with the DC universe. You kind of Uh, pick and choose your actors. If you want to move away from this timeline completely. And I feel like for better or worse, Paul Rudd would have opened a whole can of worms. Like, wait, so is six canon? Are there any other films in this franchise canon? Um, so while I am ambivalent about Anthony Michael (laughs) Hall, I do prefer it's him over Rudd. Um, or I would have taken a different actor too. Right. I I really liked uh, like the I forget her name, Lindsay Wallace. I know mm-hmm. she's a housewife nowadays, one of the Real Housewives.
0: Oh, but, Kyle um, Richards, yeah,
2: Kyle Richards. Um, I know that. <laughs> but and I know a lot of people complained about her acting, but I thought she was fine. And in fact, I wanted to see more of her in Ends, which we we'll get to yeah. in a few minutes.
0: Yeah, no, honestly, she was she was great. I mean, her chase scene with Michael, I mean, that's another one of those moments that just sort of stands out mm-hmm. from this trilogy as a whole but kind of in the franchise i mean it's it's generally creepy i mean especially when he's walking across that bridge and it's like you know again it kind of goes back to the old days of like you really don't know what he's going to do and mm-hmm. and that's what's frightening i don't know that was that was one of those moments i remember the first time i watched like oh my god like he you was know, he gonna like pop out on a side and get her like that was that was terrifying um mm-hmm. Uh, she, she was great i mean the casting in all these movies i have to say especially for slasher horror films which i mean fairly or unfairly people tend to pile on the acting or performances you know for better or for worse but like i feel like everybody in these films you know again there's some exceptions but like by and large everybody gave it they're all, nobody phoned it in. And, and there's, there's something nice because it's, like I said, there's that tendency for these films to be criticized, perhaps unfairly for just, oh, the acting is so terrible. And it's just, oh, they're phoning it in or it's, it's over the top. And it's like, you know, now there's actually some genuine moments of, of real emotion. I mean, the stuff with Laurie in the hospital with Hawkins, I mean, it's just, I don't know, it's, it's powerful stuff you know i'm like no. oh my
1: god you know it, it's weird to say but i think you could tell there was love poured into these three films whether you yeah. love them hate them like them whatever you could tell there's love poured into them <laughs> yeah seriously
2: i re- i do remember leaving kill speaking of hawkins like i i almost thought like is hawkins uh karen's father like there was clearly a romantic yeah. subtext there it's like oh did they have a one night stand and he's the father i wasn't sure the first time really? i watched it through
0: <laughs> I thought the same thing. I thought the same thing. No, I mean, the, the, again, I, you all know my feelings on the, on these films. Like, I mean, they, they're they're special. But like, now there's there's no denying there was a a lot of care and love put into all three of these films, and mm-hmm. and they're they're made with a real rapport for the entire franchise uh, as a whole. Which, again, as as a fan, I I appreciate that. That nobody was just sorry let's get a paycheck and move on kind of a thing mm-hmm. um but that does bring us to the uh the the other elephant in the room the uh, the the final chapter the the end so to speak uh if you will Halloween ends the long-awaited and certainly fair to say controversial <laughs> third installment in this trilogy of films the final film at least for now uh that that brought an end to michael and laurie's saga i have i have spoken at length uh about this film and and my my love for it again i I acknowledge the uh you know the criticism i get it um but it, it worked for me i know it didn't work for everybody but i'm I really want to turn it over to you guys on this one because, uh, I know you have some different opinions and, uh, I'm, I I want to, I want to stir it up right now. This is, this is the fun part. You know, I'm I'm sitting here stirring the pot. So (laughs) gentlemen, Chris, I would like to go after, I would like to go after (laughs) Anthony. Okay. All right. right. Anthony, I, I, I designate you. Uh, Okay. Halloween so, dance on the chopping block.
2: All right. So after Kills, I was a bit... <laughs> the way Kills ended off with Michael standing in his old house, staring out the window at the town. He has worked into a panic. It's his town. It's his kingdom. I was, like, pumped for ends. Lori is out for revenge for her daughter. Michael is stronger than ever. We saw that trailer, which I thought was an amazing trailer. Uh, the trailer was great. I was a little, but that was my first warning sign going off. Like, oh, four years passed. He disappeared after that night. That's odd to me. Um, after how Kills left it. Whatever. Um, I go to the movie with my friend opening night. And I leave confused about what I just saw confused and angry um i appreciated that they tried to do something different mm-hmm. that's what i want all these films to do i don't just want to rehash of what works worked in the past um i knew after that incredible opening scene which we could talk about in more detail later on uh it was going to be different when they used the halloween 3 font <laughs> um <laughs> during the credits i was like uh-oh <laughs> uh Oh, I don't think this is just an homage. I think they're trying to tell us something here. Um, And I walked out confused and angry. I, I thought they did Hawkins dirty. I thought they did Michael dirty. I thought they did Lindsay Wallace dirty. I thought they did a bunch of them dirty. And I was like, this is not the finale they promised. I had never been so mad at a marketing campaign. As I was believing this movie. Because they really made it seem like this movie was going to be all about the final showdown between Laurie and Michael. Which it wasn't. Um, So I was annoyed. I was angry. I did not like it. Fast forward to recently. And Phil, I think you saw this on Twitter. I'm not sure if Chris did. But I rewatched it a few times. I have listened to a few podcasts. Yours included. Uh... And hearing different perspectives on it, watching it a few more times, knowing what to expect, I've definitely grown to like it more. I won't say I love it, but I, I'm i not a hate anymore. I don't even know if I'm at dislike anymore. I think it's okay. And I'm happy I got to okay. And uh, that's kind of where I am now. Um, I'll pose a question I want us to think about as we talk, uh, yeah, and maybe we can on. answer at the end of the uh, conversation. Uh, would this movie have worked better as the first installment in this trilogy where all these years have passed yeah you have to change a few things but Laurie has moved on she's writing memoir Michael hasn't been seen since 1978 and then this movie is the first installment and sets up a new trilogy so
0: hmm. well there's a conundrum right there
1: <laughs> yeah uh, I have
0: to think about that one. <laughs> that, 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 that that's a good one, Anthony. I, I like that. That's that 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 is a brain teaser right there. Um Well first of all, i I I I'm glad to hear that uh you've uh you are receptive, shall we say, to Halloween ends the 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 door is open, you can come on in, the the, the water's fine, it's all good you know. <laughs> We'll get you there. We'll get you there. Um, but no, I, 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 I do, I do appreciate your, uh, your, your, your take on it. But, um, Chris, your, uh, your initial thoughts, because I remember, I remember uh, reading. Uh, I think it was, I think I saw maybe. I can't remember if I saw yours or Anthony's first. I think it was yours, and I just remember being like, "Oh no, I didn't like it." I, was I just like, remember. I just I remember devastated. seeing Chris's thoughts and
2: thinking to myself, I don't think I've seen him this mad about anything no. since we've been friends on Twitter.
0: <laughs> I said, um, oh, God, what, oh, my God, what's going to happen? But, you know, Chris, the floor yeah. is yours. You know,
1: <laughs> going into this one, of course, I was excited. You know, I liked the first two a lot. I was like, yes, let's go. Let's see where this ends. Literally, let's see where this ends. <laughs> the trailers were cool. And then, I think it was like a month before something, you and I talked about this, Phil, how they kept saying it's divisive, it's different. And I remember we'd go back and forth, well, maybe it's this, maybe it's that. Yeah. And we had some wild theories, and I thought at the time, well, it can't be, those are too crazy. <laughs> it wasn't any of those, it was something else. <laughs> <laughs> and I watched this at home, because I, I really don't like horror movies in theaters, the audience is usually nuts. But I watched it at home, and, uh, You know, I love the opening. I thought the opening was so clever, and it was out of nowhere, and I was shocked. Like, they just killed a kid. Anytime they kill a kid in anything, I'm shocked. (laughs) Especially this. (laughs) It's like,
2: whoa. Maybe the best opening, in my opinion, Chris, since the original. Like, in terms of shock value.
1: Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm kind of stuck on 18s. I really (laughs) love the 18 opening. But yeah, Uh, yeah. this this one is up there. Just pure shock value? Yes. It's Mm -hmm. insane. Because you don't see this coming. But uh, after that opening, I just kind of like, what is this? What is happening? And then, like, the film proceeds, and like Michael's living like a ninja turtle in the sewers, and he just stands there staring at walls. And then there's like this homeless guy that guards his cave or whatever. I I don't know. I. I didn't even dislike Corey. I thought Corey was fine. I liked the story with him and the daughter. That was cool. I thought the thing with Lori coping was fine. But Michael's not really in the movie. He's he's not really there. When he is there, he has these kind of, to me, weird moments. But, you know, after talking to you guys, something occurs to me. He is human. He got the shit kicked out in the previous one. He's not really that strong anymore. So, yeah, I guess the kid can take him. Sure. But but still, this is a... Resurrection is my bottom. I will not watch it. I ended up watching a little bit of it because I was in a medicated stupor in October. <laughs> <laughs> I had food poisoning. I couldn't really see straight. It was just on TV. And even while I was medicated, I was like, man... To hell with this movie. (laughs) I I wouldn't say that this is that bad, but it's not much higher on the list for me. Like bottom of the Halloween list, it's this and that. I just it's not for me. But maybe I need to rewatch like you, Anthony. If you watched a couple times, you know, that shock value is gone, like, okay, you know what it is? Maybe that helps. I don't know.
0: I I would
2: definitely recommend rewatching it.
1: I'm for nice.
0: sure.
2: Uh, I think that could be true for any movie, the expectations game. Yeah. Uh, not saying that's what happened here, uh, but like I always tried to watch something at least twice, especially if I didn't like it, just because miss. of the poison that the expectations game can play in our minds leading up to a film.
0: Not to go off on a tangent, that's what happened for me with The Last Jedi. Yeah, First time I said, oh my God, I've just been punched in the stomach and all my money's been taken like this is just a horrible horrible night and then another rewatch, and then another rewatch. i was like okay i i see what we're going for here and you know now it's one of my favorite star wars films but that's that's an that's a whole other uh debate but um we'll have to do a trilogy thing later <laughs> there we go there <laughs> we go um cory cunningham that he is the uh Elephant in the room, however you want to call it, he is the uh, the lightning rod for controversy in this film, among among many things. But it seems to all center around Corey, and I mean, I I like what they were going for because again, it kind of ties back to this whole thing of the evil and it's infecting everybody, and this is the the end result. I pose this question. Should Corey have been introduced in the second film or maybe even in the first film? Just as a minor character, didn't even have to be Allison's boyfriend, but just someone that we were aware of. Do you think that might have softened the blow, if you will, for this film? Absolutely.
2: I think so, too. I think you could have taken any of – well, all of Allison's friends died in the previous two films. Well, if you had one survive and put them in the Cunningham role, I think it would have worked better for a lot of people because we are invested in them at this point.
1: Right. And also it would have built that automatic connection between Allison and him. If she, if she realized, okay, you're the only one of the friend group that's still alive, well, we got to stick together now. Mm-hmm.
0: That I have, you know, definitely thought about that situation, and I think, you know, while I, I again, in the context of the film, I think it, it works, and I appreciate it. But I, I do think it would have benefited the story greatly if he had been introduced in at least one of the films prior to mm-hmm. to three. I think it would have, like you said, given that established connection, and then. Would have made the transition in in Halloween Ends. Uh, I, I don't have a easier. problem with Corey overall. Yeah. My problem with
2: my problem isn't so much with Corey as how they sidelined Michael in favor of Corey. Um, but also, I think Corey would have worked even better for me if they didn't kill him at the end because they kept talking about a big theme of this movie was the transference of evil and how evil doesn't die. It takes different shape. Yeah. And they were really going for that with Corey. And I was like, okay, I see what they're going for here. He's going to be the new thing that kind of haunts this town. Like they're not necessarily going to give us tr- a trilogy starring Corey Cunningham before the end of this trilogy where Michael's legacy, his legacy of evil is passed on to by all accounts as an innocent kid who is demonized by the town. Right. I thought that was interesting, Mm -hmm. but then to have him unceremoniously die, I was like, I thought that kind of undercut the argument they were going for, that evil lives on.
1: I I don't know. I think him dying is kind of justified because, yeah, evil lives on, it's transferred, but the thing is, Corey was an evil to begin with. Hmm. Corey was kind of like a tortured person. And this was this just happened to him. It, it's not like Michael, who was a kid, and said, "Hey, I'm gonna go stab my sister to death." Right. This, this was a different case. So I think him just him dying was justified. But maybe if we would have saw like another like, okay, Michael's dead. Maybe we see like another like tease to something that's coming. Maybe something like that. Because I'm with you. I don't think Corey was the problem. And I like that they did something different. I appreciate them trying something different. It's it's fine. You have to. This this franchise has been around since 1978. Mm -hmm. And they're going to do new things. Like we saw with even the original batch of sequels. But, yeah, Corey is a sticking point. (laughs) His death, though, I do think is justified for what it's worth. Okay.
0: Yeah, I agree with that, Chris. Uh, I thought it was... You know, he's presented as... Okay, maybe he's going to be the next Michael, but yet when Michael gets his mask back and gets his you know his his power back, I think it's clear that you know this town's not big enough for two you know two so to speak. Two-some and yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, what would two is definitely too many. Um, but I I thought it was sort of a a natural kind of you know fitting end for his character, given that. You know, he was just really a a, a victim of of circumstance and and accident. And in many ways, it's kind of fitting that his his death would be just would just be that he just sort of pushed aside like he was throughout much of his life. And that Hmm. the fact that it is Michael that that kind of twists the knife, so to speak, kind of makes it all that more tragic and poetic. I mean, I, I sort of viewed Corey not necessarily as... Uh, you know, an heir an to Michael, but again, more of this symptom of what is wrong with this town and how it is not coming to terms with the fact that it has all this past trauma. It has all this uh, this guilt and, and fear. And it's just sort of latching on to any one person who looks at them wrong or does something that they don't like or is outside of the 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 realm of social norms. I mean, I felt Corey was more kind of this end result of, of what happens when, when trauma is not properly uh, addressed and, and, and cared for. And even though there is this vanquishing of, of Michael Myers, you know, the man flesh and blood, you know, put aside the fact that mask is still there, which, you know, why Lori has it on the table is, is probably a fair question. But yeah, why um, is that
2: not locked up in a police like evidence
0: room or something? It, Who knows? It, it, it makes you wonder like okay, really what her brother. What is? <laughs> <laughs> the truth comes out. There it is. Um But like it, it almost makes you think like, okay, is there something is there something in the air? Is there something that's not quite at peace here? And I mean there's all different kinds of speculation about alternate endings and, and stuff they were originally going for with this movie and that might suggest more to what the mask was doing but it almost to me feels like they're not done and, and we're, we're probably never going to get a another film in this timeline and i think that's fine like it, it ends Lori gets her happy ending and, and peace and that's that's something she never got in the other films and that's that that, that to me was a plus but i almost feel like with you know, the fact that kind of Corey gets this unceremonious uh, death and the fact that the mask is still there. And even though they've gotten rid of Michael, there's almost this sense that they haven't really come to terms with everything that that evil is still out there. You know, evil will take on a new shape and kind of it's more ominous than than anything. I mean, you've got Lori's happy ending, but there's still that that cloud of, you know, that, that, that shape, if you will. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And to your point about, uh,
2: you know, something's infecting this town almost. I, I thought the, um, opening montage where Laurie's doing the voiceover and we see all these deaths in town Mm. and every every time there's a death, it's like, is it him? No, he doesn't kill this way. Like I thought that was brilliant. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I, I love that whole opening monologue. You get the subtle flashbacks to mm-hmm. everything that happened, and then just this foreboding sense of of doom and and death that is circulating throughout this town. I mean, this was for me the the one film where Haddonfield felt like a character in the in the movie. I mean, all the other ones, it's just sort of it's the place, it's a setting. This time, it really felt like this is a living, breathing thing and and it's reacting in a negative way to what has transpired over the forty plus years. And, and I know I thought outside of the original film where you just have like this peaceful town and something bad happens in it, this to me was like the, the best representation of this town because it, it almost felt so real and you know maybe that's a reflection of our world today, but it, it felt like you know, this isn't just some place in a, you know, in a movie. This could be, you know, down the street or you know, uh, you know, two towns over sort of a thing.
1: I never thought of that, but that's interesting. And I, I think you're right about that. This does feel like the most realistic version of Hattonfield. Mm-hmm. Maybe the most lived in version of Hattonfield.
0: So mm-hmm. We
1: do I guess we don't typically see much of it in the other films.
0: No, we don't, because I mean you figure most of the films with varying exceptions, I mean you might get the uh, the evening hours of October 30th, but it's pretty much boom, October 31st, and there's nothing else. Like, is you know, we've got like what, like four days living in Haddonfield with this movie. So, I know uh, th- that to me really I thought was fresh and exciting because it's not what we're usually getting with these movies, which is mm-hmm. an exploration of the community and the people in it. Uh, And I
2: thought it was set up very nicely with Kills. Like, that was the beginning of it. Kills mm -hmm. laid the groundwork very nicely with the angry mob. And then we saw the extension of that, like how it affected the whole town, not just all these people at the hospital. Um, And to your point, Phil, I think what makes this franchise in general so beloved is it could happen in any town USA. That's what makes it so scary. Every town has that one house you cross the street to avoid, right? Yeah. And um, granted, I've never lived in, like, a small town in the Midwest like this, but I have friends who have, and they say it's very realistic in terms of one bad thing will happen, and then, like, 40 years later, you're still talking about it because nothing happens in that warring, quote-unquote, town.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, one bad thing is, like, Nobody forgets it. I mean, it's Carpenter was tapping into something primal and and real with that original film, and it's just it's just carried through. I mean, you know, I, I've said it on the show before, but this one this felt the most Carpenter esque in a way that it it wasn't just acknowledging his involvement with the Halloween franchise, but there's a lot of nods to Christine and the fog mm-hmm. and 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 even some of his uh you know earlier films than that just it really felt like a great love letter to his work as a filmmaker but also that 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 sense that he had of like you know putting his you know you know his finger in the air and, and knowing which way the wind was blowing uh and it just it, the movie just screamed carpenter in the best possible way
1: i think that this film again it's different also in the sense that it's one of the few that have a actually large narrative in it. Mm. It's not really a simple story of just guy with knife killed babysitters. Yeah. There's actually a lot going on in this movie, starting even from the montage. Like one of my favorite things you see in there is um, I don't remember the kid's name, but he was dressed as a vampire or something. The first one he gets the the kid on the fence. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, You see his mom hanging, wearing that cape. Yeah. Yeah. This one tells a a full story that's about more than just the stabbings. Yeah. You have a love story going on here. You have the traumatic kid, um, Laurie stuff. You have Michael cosplaying as a Ninja Turtle. You have all kinds (laughs) of stuff going on. It's a full story.
2: I love how you keep mentioning the Ninja Turtles because I kept thinking Pennywise. I'm like him and Pennywise are down there playing poker together in the sewer. (laughs) I
1: can go with Pennywise. But I don't feel like he's hurting anybody in this room unless they bother him. Pennywise was
0: actively searching. Yeah,
1: that's true. True. He <laughs> was looking true. for Georgie as many times as he could.
0: I'll take this one, Michael. You stay here. Yeah, keep, <laughs> keep the coal fires burning.
1: I, I'll um, be right back. Gotta run. I got some videotapes to return. <laughs>
2: um, I have a question about Laurie and her trauma in this Yes. I have some thoughts, but I ask your yeah. I love the idea that Hawkins apparently gave to her to write a book about her trauma. But after two films where we saw how much she struggled from 1978 and then the end of Kills where her daughter is murdered while she's laid up in the hospital, I almost feel like glossing over how she reacted to that death was a detriment for me. Mm -hmm. In terms of Either I feel like she should still be dealing with it or maybe it shouldn't have been a four-year jump and we saw her dealing with it more in the immediate aftermath. Like maybe a year or two. Mm -hmm. Because it almost feels like she's too happy almost. She went too far the other way where your daughter was just brutally murdered by the man you feared your whole life who you were hunting but you were being kept in the hospital. (laughs) So I almost feel like there would be some guilt on her part there. I don't know. How do you guys feel about that? Chris, you want to go
0: first? Go ahead.
1: I think uh, I'm with you. Actually, you make a good point. Uh, I'm with you. I think maybe if they could have opened the movie with like her funeral spliced together with that montage that would span years or something, that might've been better. I do think we should have seen some of that fallout. I think it would have helped.
0: I agree with with that. I mean, that's that would be a a criticism I would have that I think I would have liked to have seen more of Lori's immediate reaction. But I I have a slightly different take in that I think she's trying to move on, and maybe not move on is not the, that's probably not the right word, but she's trying to heal in a different way than she did the previous 40 plus years where it was all about the pain. It was all about the suffering and pretty much living in a fortified prison of a home. I almost feel like this one, it's she's trying to say, okay, I went in that direction and look where it got me. My daughter is dead. My son-in-law is dead. My granddaughter probably hates me. I have to do something different. And then there's that flip where, Allison kind of calls out her bullshit and it's like, you know, you, you pretend like you, you've moved on, but you're just still obsessed with it and and living in the past. And so I almost feel like it's, it's kind of like she wants to move on and maybe she's trying to, to heal in a more, you know, therapeutic and healthier way, but yet there's still a part of her like, no, I'm, I'm still there. And like, boom, Allison calls her out on it. And then, That's kind of manifested by the arrival of Corey into her life and kind of pulls back the mask that she's been wearing.
2: Yeah, that's a good good point. And I also think you could probably make the argument that she has to be stronger this time for her granddaughter. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I can (laughs) go with it. See, this conversation's already helping me (laughs) shift my opinions a bit.
0: I, I will make you both Halloween Ed's super fans <laughs> one day. We shall see. <laughs>
1: so,
0: um, what did... I mean, we, we briefly touched on it, but that opening, I mean, can we just take a step back and say, regardless of, of feelings overall in the film, that opening, what a way to start the film. I mean, I, I think you said it best, Anthony, the the shock value, it's right up there with 1963, where, like, you just don't see it coming, you know, the six-year-old boy killing his sister. I mean, you said it, Chris, like, when you kill a kid, like, especially in the first 15 minutes, it's like, okay, we're going in that direction, you know, there's this no is, holding back. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. I, I mean, I, I think I'm with you, Chris, I still like 18's Opening for this trilogy, a trilogy just because it's, I know it. It just feels like we're we're getting back to the the basics. But I mean, from a from a shock value alone, I mean, I I did not see that coming. I figured, okay, Michael will probably pop up here, like mm-hmm. you yeah, know, there'll be a a quick glimpse, and then that'll be the end of it. But I mean, f- I, that's another one of those experiences where you know I was in the theater and like the air was sucked out of the room at yep. that moment. Like, and then just that immediate aftermath of the music, it's like, holy shit. Like, you know, we're going there, you know? <laughs> yeah,
2: I thought it was a perfect way to open the film. Um, and just uh, atmosphere, cinemat. again, we've talked about the cinematography. The cinematography in this whole trilogy is beautiful. Mm-hmm. But atmosphere-wise, it looked so Halloween-y. Like, outside mm-hmm. the the... The lights pan through the, the town. town beforehand mm-hmm. like you know one thing i think this trilogy does great is the whole halloween atmosphere and i because mm-hmm. i know carpenter in the original they had such a shoestring budget he couldn't do more than a jack-o'-lantern yeah. and a pile of leaves he had to carry from lawn to lawn but these films feel so halloween which i appreciate because that would make me want to watch them even more during october
0: absolutely
1: yeah i would agree with that these are um you you just can't beat the atmosphere that is the the tone that the atmosphere creates in these movies you just can't beat it when you compare it to the other ones especially this one because like we said it's so much more of a lived-in version of haddonfield
0: Mm. no you're right i mean it goes back to the town being a character i mean it's just so present i mean from the moment you know Corey's Biking down the street to the house. I mean, you just feel like this is a lived-in community. I mean, you got the the, the you know, gargoyle, uh, you know, graveyards and all that stuff on the lawn and the the pumpkins. I mean, it just everything screams fall, autumn, mm-hmm. the Midwest. Even though they shot it in Georgia, like you know, it's just <laughs> it has that, that 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 quality that like I, for me, it, it goes back to nineteen. 19- Seventy-eight, even though that was shot in California, like it just has that 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 midwestern. This is the middle of you know end of October vibe and feel with it, and I mean for me, I think this is the the best Halloween uh, of the trilogy. I think just cinematography wise, it's it's just a breathtaking film in in every shot, and it you know for a mm. for a small or semi small budget movie, it really feels. Almost larger than life and kind of like a big budget uh movie in a lot of ways, it just you know the the way the camera moves and just sort of i
1: don't know it, it
0: just feels like we're 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 playing in the big leagues with this movie, yeah,
2: it had some beautiful shots in here, um Allison and Corey on the motorbike, the yeah. way they shot those that was gorgeous um like. Horror movies have rarely looked so good, especially yeah. in
1: recent years.
0: Yeah. No.
1: even the sewer stuff looked really good.
0: I know. Yeah. Like, it's uh, impressive, uh, although the there was
2: one good. or two shots that looked directly lifted from it, like of the of the <laughs> yeah. from inside the, the sewer looking out. There's yeah. a couple.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, like I said, Pennywise is you know on his way down. It'll, you know it'll be a, it'll be a gathering of the of the of the famous serial killers. You know, it's going to
2: be the next
1: versus movie. We
0: can. There we go, Michael versus Pennywise. <laughs> I mean that that's money on the table, right? What is the point? We've never had a
1: Michael Michael Myers versus movie.
0: Well, well I mean, Pinhead. I know. I, I mean, I almost feel like. You can't do it with Michael. I mean, I know there was Freddie and and Jason, yeah. but he's such a a loner that, like, again, you you're not getting any any exposition from Michael. And <laughs> I mean, not that Jason talks, but it almost like Jason. You get you get a little bit of you know characterization. That's probably not the right word, but I
2: think it would be. I would love a. Laurie and Sydney team up against Michael and
0: Ghostface Ooh, since they're both that, human. That would be genius. And
1: Michael did team up with uh, Corey briefly.
0: They did. They had their little uh, their little team up at the doctor's house. Which, um... so what was going on, by the way, when they first met
2: with the yes. eyes? Like, Have you guys was he families? seeing something in him? Was he literally transferring evil? How did you guys interpret that?
0: I interpret it kind of a combination of ways. I think there was this almost soul searching between the two of them, but at the same time, I think there was kind of like in Halloween Four, it's unspoken but a yes. subtle passing of the torch uh, f- from Michael to core or maybe a a temp, or, you know, a temporary passing mm, uh, uh, of that. the torch. <laughs> It's a rental. I'm having it back by 11.
1: I'm renting my psychosis to you. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of took it as like, Michael has him and he sees, there's no fear in this kid's eyes. Mm. It's like, oh, you're like me, the blackest eyes. like the devil. (laughs) Go, my son. Do what needs to be done. That's kind of the I (laughs) read
0: What did you, I, I think I know you're, what the answer will be, but I, I just want to to get it out there. What did you think of the scene where Corey takes the mask, Anthony? I, you look if you <laughs> have something to say. So
2: I'm fine with him getting annoyed and taking the mask. I didn't think he needed to beat the. I did not think he needed to beat the crap out of Michael to do it. Michael was weak from so many injuries from kills. I thought that was just kicking a dog while he's down. I can see why a lot of people were upset with him getting his ass handed to him by Corey in that scene. Um, I think it would have been better if he kind of just snatched it and he's just quicker than him and went away. I did not need him beating the crap out of Michael.
1: Chris? I'm trying to articulate this. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm with Anthony. I don't think If anybody's going to beat the crap out of Michael, it should be Laurie, the ghost of her daughter, or Allison, someone else. But, like, this kid just comes and beats the shit out of him and steals his mask. But at the same time, though, I kind of think, well, Michael needed that. He needed that to get out of those sewers and remember, hey, I'm Michael Myers. Which is weird if you think of it as, like, a comeback story. Like, but you had to get the team going.
0: That's where I came down on it. I mean, yes, I, I I'm, you know, not the biggest fan of seeing Michael get his ass kicked by, you know, a, a high school uh You know, or maybe not high school, but you know, he was like twenty four at the time. Twenty four yeah, year old, you know, I mean, definitely not. Especially when like a band, kids were like, you yeah. know, easily beating him up. Like, like now I that to beat up Michael Myers, it's not now, gonna happen. That just no, that you know, okay, but I, I, I am with you on it. Like, okay, Michael needed that kick in the ass. Okay, like you know this this kid's going a little a uh, little too far here. I've got I've got to rein him back. Mm-hmm. Interestingly enough that was not a scripted uh, scene. It really? was something they, I guess, decided while on set. Um, I, I don't know what the whole workings were, if it was like he was just going to take the mask or it was going to be left to the, the viewer's imagination, but apparently that was something that was decided while filming that they were going to show the, the the taking of the mask and... Knowing that it may not have been necessary, I almost think that's an example of less is more. Um, and I, I think I you know, probably if it had been me, I would have said that let's just let's just go with that. We don't need to see it, you
1: know. That's a sticking point for a lot of people because it's it's bizarre, first off. But it also at the same again, they kept telling us Michael is a man. Yeah. Yeah. They hammered it home in both movies, even with that adrenaline rush he got and kills he's still just a man. So I, I don't know. I don't like the moment either way, but
0: it's definitely a point of, uh, of, uh, contention. And I I don't think they'll, they'll ever be a a come to Jesus moment on that whole situation. I mean, I think that's a, that's part of the franchise. It's like, you know, Michael speaking in Rob zombies too. Like, it just, you aren't going to come back from that, you know, it just, no, we just, we just move on. Uh um, I
1: think it was a come to Jesus moment for Michael
0: though. Like, hey. Well this, no, story wise, oh no. I, I I I get it right there. Like, okay, this kid took my mask. All right, I I'm I I'm coming for you know. Did um,
2: I miss did he track him to Laurie's? How did Michael know to show up there?
0: Well, it's established early on, which I mean that's led to the whole, you know, how did Michael in Corey get from the doctor's house was Michael riding on the motorcycle kind of a thing. <laughs> but like he's he does show he's there at Laurie's house when uh Corey first comes back after killing the doctor and the nurse. So he he's aware of where Lori's house is and you get that kind of creepy scene where he's staring at her in the corner and then she looks over and he's gone. Um so I, I'm just that's where I'm just assuming he figures okay he's He's going to her house, so that's where I'm gonna go. Interestingly enough, the novelization does add more to Michael's journey. And interestingly in the novel, again, I don't know if this was in the script or if this was more liberties, but he was the one who killed Corey's mother, not the other way around. Ooh. So you know, again, you yeah, know, not yeah. that not that the novel is is necessarily canon, but this is one of those in, uh, instances where i would say to people if if especially if you didn't care for the film the novel does address some of the issues it doesn't fix i mean again it's it's not going to fix everything but it does address a lot of the uh the points that were raised uh after the film came out you know for, for, i find a
2: lot a lot of novelization, movie novelizations do that. I'm almost, like I find myself a lot of times reading those and thinking to myself, they should almost have the author, the novelization on set with their, Like you know, hire him early on and then have him on set when
0: you're shooting the movie, and he can like
1: point well, it's, out. It's interesting
0: know. too. The the uh, guy who wrote the novel also was one of the co-writers on the script. Uh, so I wonder if um you know shout out to Brad Paul Logan um i i wonder if there are any you know parts that were just lifted from the script that either were deleted or uh, you know never never made it on screen but it, it is a fascinating read again like not that you know you have to have a companion piece to watch the movie because <laughs> i mean that sort of probably feeds into people's criticisms but it it, it does enhance the the narrative, I will say. So, yeah, for what that's worth.
1: <laughs> I'm still stuck on the idea of Michael riding up on the back of the motorcycle hugging Corey. <laughs> I never thought about that until today.
0: That's an image when, 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 you know, there's like a meme floating around. Like, once you see it, like, I can't unsee it now. And like, yeah. when, I, when I watch it, it's like, oh, God, like, there, yep, Michael's, Michael's getting a lift. Like, okay.
1: <laughs> now I'm thinking of like E.T., with Lori being <laughs> a kid and Michael is, you know, in the basket or whatever. I don't, I don't know if I like this.
2: <laughs> All the cops pointed their guns, and Michael yeah. lifts his bike. <laughs> the,
0: they just fly sailing overhead of Lori's field. house <laughs> oh, to the doctor.
2: Yeah, see, you have that image. I had in my image watching it. Like they should have uh, to really emphasize Lori got her a happy ending. Put Polaroids of Lori and Hawkins visiting the cherry blossoms of Japan throughout the end credits, playing Holiday Road or something. Oh, that would <laughs> <perfect>. <laughs> just,
1: some, just some like 80s anthem, like, like Don't You Forget About Me or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> oh my god, there we go. There, there, there's the alternate cut of the movie right there. You know? oh, proper or, or there's a movie right there, you know, Laurie and, and Frank go to, you know, to see the cherry blossoms. Just call it Cherry Blossoms, you know? <laughs> <laughs> A romantic comedy with you know Jamie Lee Curtis and uh, it's like you pray love. Yes. <laughs> oh good god. Um, we haven't really talked about it, um, but just sort of briefly, what did you guys think of the final confrontation? I mean, that obviously was much of what this film was built around, advertised around and and we do get a final confrontation uh between Michael and Laurie and we do of course get Michael uh finally dying on the screen which was something i did not think they had the uh uh the the fortitude to 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 pull off but they did nevertheless thoughts on the fight and the overall climax of the movie i loved it i um
2: you know, it was bru- it was sufficiently brutal. It was sufficiently personal between the two of them. Um my one the one part of my brain I had to turn off was well, we saw Michael take on thirty firefighters in an entire town and you know, and he can't now beat this woman. I'll chalk it up to he was so injured, whatever. Um But it it was personal. I like that there was that it was more of a um sad type of score when she delivers that final blow yeah. to him or sits his throat or whatever she does and i th- i loved the funeral procession to the junkyard um not only because it made his death definitive like there's yeah. no way you can bring him back in this timeline no <laughs> unless he i you know his molecules form back together and whatever <laughs> um <laughs> but again i think that's a wonderful payoff to what you're song kills and what we saw at the beginning of this movie where the town was so traumatized by him they all get that closure they all get to witness his body being destroyed um they had a wonderful line of dialogue too between the sheriff and one of his deputies Mm. the deputy was like this isn't how we do things and he says well it is tonight um they knew they had to give this town closure from the evil that's plagued them for the past 40 years and uh i thought it was beautifully done but yeah i the final fight between Lori and Michael, perfect. Could have gone on maybe a minute or two longer for my liking after all this time. But I loved it and I love that Allison arrived yeah. too to yeah. help her right in the end. So yeah, no complaints except maybe the length.
1: <laughs> I'm with Anthony on the the final fight. I thought that it was, like you said, sufficiently brutal. It hits the way it needs to. We get everything we need out of it. <clears throat> And for whatever reason, whenever it's just those two one-on-one, Michael does get his ass kicked. <laughs> yeah, like, Whether it's 78 or any other version of it, she usually gets the better. I mean, she cuts his head off in H2O. <laughs> so it didn't surprise uh, me. She cuts
2: he... the head off of a paramedic, in
1: fairness. Resurrection does not exist. <laughs> I only spoke of it earlier. Again, I was medicated. <laughs> We'll blame the drugs there. Right. Seven, 20 uh, is the definitive in- ending to that version, <laughs> in my I, opinion. I agree. I I agree. agree. But I agree. <laughs> but really, though, whenever they get together, Loria usually gets the best of them. So it didn't surprise me. I feel like his kryptonite for whatever reason. Yeah. But it is really brutal. Yeah. And I agree with you also, Anthony, when you said the marketing was not accurate. It wasn't. <laughs> but also, if you look at it like this, Let's say it was just another Laurie versus Michael movie. Everybody would have lost their shit. Yeah. We've seen yeah. this for forty years. What is yeah. this crap? So I, I I agree, but I again we both appreciate they did something different. Yeah. What I don't like that they did different is the entire funeral thing. Oh really? Yeah, it is not for me. I, I I don't mind that they definitively killed him. That's fine. But I guess it goes with the theme of the films where it's a town thing. The town hates the evil. The evil dies tonight, sure. But it just it doesn't work for me. Fair. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair.
0: Yeah. That's fair. I mean I thought it was brutal. It was it was haunting and it was cathartic. It really brought to a close I think what they were going for both with this film, but the entire trilogy of itself. And I mean, I said it earlier, I didn't think they would have the the, the courage to kill Michael Myers off and, and to do it in a way where there was no uh, ambiguity. I thought, that, Oh, that maybe there'll be a way, you know, they'll, they'll give a wink and a nod and then, you know, he'll be back. But no, they, they went for it and, you know, more, more power to it. I, I, I thought it was a perfect way to to end this film and I mean who knows what is a what is coming down the line in the final few moments uh before before we wrap this up what would you guys like to see for Halloween in the future I mean we've got the 50th anniversary coming down the line would you want to see another film another god forbid another timeline uh a reboot what would you like to see? Go ahead, Anthony.
2: Oh, okay. Um, so I think you can lay Laurie's story to rest now. Um, I think you've brought her back enough times, have, gave her enough endings. We don't need to see her again. I would like more of um, an anthology series. Not like he was, they wanted to do a season of The Witch, but one starring Michael Myers or maybe... 78 is canon, Mm -hmm. nothing else is after it, but we get standalone films, he's kind of like traversing the countryside, he disappeared after that night, Mm -hmm. he pops up in small towns around the country on Halloween, and he's become this urban legend, and we just get these different towns, these different characters, every film, no overarching story, he just shows up, Mm -hmm. the only common denominator is Michael Myers, he shows up, and he inserts himself into their lives, and, you know. That's what I want to see, something different like that. I don't need another uh, Cult of Thorn or uh, <laughs> another Laurie saga. I think it would be good to do one-off films for the time being, just to celebrate Michael Myers.
1: I like that idea. Chris? I want to bring back Josh Hartman. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, actually, my idea is similar to Anthony's. What I would do is, if I were in charge, I would make it that 78 happened, but none of these other things have happened, so it would be a new timeline. But seventy eight happened, and he hasn't been seen since that night. And it's years later, and the town is still freaked out about it, and they worry about it every Halloween. Like, is this the year he comes back? Is yeah. this the year he comes back? And then he finally does come back. There is no Laurie Strode. There's no other Myers family. He's just back to have a rampage, just have a night out. He's trick or treating, if you will. There we go. That's what I, I guess. That is kind of similar to what we've seen, but that I just like. You know that's fine with me, but Anthony's idea about the anthology and him kind of backpacking around the United States—that's really cool. And especially like Scream is in New York. Yeah, Jason's been to New York. Send Michael. Send Michael. <laughs>
2: send Michael to New York. Send him to heck. Send him to like As- a ski lodge yeah. or something. Show him in different settings, like different Let's climates. Take him to Miami. Yeah.
1: Let's see what he does yeah. in Miami. I
2: mean,
0: I think that the the sky is the limit. Really, at this point, now that we've had this sort of definitive trilogy and tying everything up to 78. I mean, I I would love to see some kind of an anthology where, again, standalone films maybe bring in a different famed horror director for each movie to give their take on Michael Myers, you know, uh, James Wan, I mean... Oh, that would be brilliant. Again, just, you know, just someone with a unique style I mean, Ty West, even just you know, one Remy? movie st- it's, you know, again their <laughs> their nice. vision and that's it there's no worry about continuity, no worry about sequels just one movie, one director and it's their vision, you know, you could have a, a period piece, you know, I mean just like, whatever, I mean I don't know, that that that. if I had the power, that would be the way it would go, but... So
1: nobody wants Halloween in space is
0: that just me? Yeah. <laughs> fun fact: John Carpenter did consider that back in the early '90s. You know, I, I mean, don't think it's bad. It worked for Jason. And I get it. It, it. It's there. You know. I mean, it's there. I mean, you know what? I, At this point, the I'll, sky is the limit. You
2: know. I'll just say too, my dream sequel. I've said it before on Twitter. It'll never happen. It's a rights issue. Legacy sequel to Monster Squad. Yes. where freddy's the dracula role and he resurrects michael jason
0: yes. leatherface all of yes. them
2: and that's who they have to fight
0: love it for that love <laughs> it take my money right now i would be all <laughs> <it>. <laughs> and uh, in um, <laughs> yeah, i do ahead. have
2: a question for you guys what's your favorite timeline of the halloween series like look, now that we this trilogy mm-hmm. has ended if you're going to sit down and watch one timeline on Halloween itself or around Halloween itself, which one are you going to watch?
0: This one. The the David Gordon Green.
2: I think I'm with I got to I'd watch 70 in this one.
1: Yeah. I think I got to go with that, too. Even though I don't love Inns, I think I got to go with that. It's the most, most cohesive out of the timelines.
0: Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, again, say what you will, it, it, it tells a complete story from beginning to end and Mm -hmm. that's that's a rarity in the horror genre uh, as as we all know so made major props uh major props for that anthony you did pose a question earlier on and i did want to return to that before before we wrap this up so um chris if you want to start and and give your your quick thoughts uh
1: yeah, Anthony's question has just been rattling around because it's I know. such a good question. I know. <laughs> I think that would have been an amazing opening to this to this series. You start with the, the evil essentially restarting with someone new and then Mike's like, hey, I'm not dead, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and then you just progress the same way. I don't know what the third one would have been, but yeah, I would have took that. That would have been cool.
0: The same. I, I mean, the more I think about it like that, that would be interesting, you know, just to, to almost flip it and, you know, maybe, uh, you know, the ending with what happens in Halloween 2018, again, details be Dan, but like, that's your, that's your finale, you know, burning Michael in the house or something, but. You can still get to it. Yeah, I, I, I don't know, that that's, I, I like that because it would, it, it subverts the expectations early on and then, again, it's a slow burn to to, to a, a finale yeah I, I i think that's a
2: great idea you know i definitely so? do think audiences would have been more forgiving like if mm-hmm. this is the first movie back we got since rob zombie uh yeah they would have yeah. just been happy to see the real michael myers again yes. no matter how little we got of him
1: you, you know what I also agree. i think that you would have had more of an emotional investment in it too because if you're seeing laurie happy the daughter's happy the son-in-law everybody's mm-hmm. happy together And then Michael rips them apart. Yeah, that's some strong emotional investment too.
0: Yeah, right. That's right. Oh, what it's like an onion. (laughs) Somewhere in another universe, that 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 was the timeline, right (laughs)
1: there.
0: Before before we go, gentlemen, any any final thoughts as it relates to Halloween Ends kills twenty eighteen. Michael
2: Myers as a whole? Uh, Michael Myers as a whole, this franchise as a whole means the world to me. Um, I love this franchise and I will love it until the day I die. And what's special about this franchise is Michael Myers will continue haunting generations long after we're gone. They can burn him, stab him, (laughs) cut him up into a million pieces, but ultimately Michael Myers and his spirit are going to far outlive and outlast all of us. And I think that's there's something special about that because not all of these franchises we love will be like that, but mm-hmm. the quality of this one, his iconic nature, his, the love. So many people who aren't even usually into horror have for Michael Myers mm-hmm. and the Halloween franchise. I think that's what makes it so special. And that's why he's
1: going to be everlasting.
0: Beautifully said,
1: Chris. That was so well said. Actually, <laughs> yeah. I don't know how to follow that up. Um, I, I like Michael Myers. I like Halloween. <laughs> um you know for me slashers when it comes to horror there there's vampires and there's slashers those are my favorites and when you talk slashers it's halloween for me that is like i said that is the standard it's the bar the only thing close to it is scream for me Mm -hmm. and these movies are just three more movies i can watch whenever i feel like seeing michael myers on screen and i'm happy to put any three well two and a half let's say (laughs) i'm happy to put them on i'm cool with it And it's like Anthony said, this is a franchise that it should have died out years ago because the concept of it was so simple and Mm -hmm. convoluted because of what they did with the family stuff. But it has endured because there's something so interesting about this character that doesn't speak, barely has any personality even. Mm -hmm. He is a shape. He is the shape. And I just love it. I will watch anything Halloween that comes along, including in space
0: i'm there with you <laughs> amen to that i mean the the best way to say it, you can't kill the boogeyman and god willing michael and haddonfield will be here for many many more years to come i will i will certainly return to haddonfield as many times as possible and uh these films all these films are just a great way to uh to explore that but gentlemen i want to thank you for being a part of this show today this was a this was a great inaugural episode. Uh, I, I do apologize if we ran a little longer, uh, but I think this was a fun and uh, open-ended discussion that I'm sure will continue and and happen again because, as we know, you can't kill the boogeyman and Michael will return at some point in the near future. But to take us out of here, Chris, Anthony, give some plugs. Where can people find you? Quick plug for your for your shows as well.
1: Uh, you can find me on Twitter at ThatChris70, or you could follow my podcast at G of the Geeks. Sure,
2: you can follow me on Twitter at the Sanderson Bro, still alive and active with this Twitter account for the time <laughs> being. <laughs> um, and you can follow my podcast at Kiss the Pod. If you like Christmas year-round, that's the place to go. Um, though we do delve into Halloween every October, so
0: check it out. <laughs> Highly recommend both of these podcasts. They are great, entertaining, and always a lot of fun. Gentlemen, thank you for being a part of this episode of Phil at the Movies. And as always, to you, the listeners, for tuning in each week and hearing what I have to say on movies, thank you, thank you, thank you. I hope you enjoyed the show. I will be back next week, and we will do this all over again for the love of movies.